0: Welcome to the Chelsea fancast fueled by Guinness powered by salary the show that loves noise as long as it's coming from the terraces. Covid injuries to key players drop points leaving us 10 points behind City and to cap it all 100 million pound star striker Romelu Lukaku spitting his dummy out publicly. Stamford Bridge has resembled the Alamo over the last week and the last people you want to face when under siege would be Liverpool desperate to win to ensure they still have a chance of winning the title. But an embattled Thomas Tuchel rose to the challenge like Jim Bowie of old, as did his loyal team. It was all going horribly wrong with Chelsea 2-0 down inside 27 minutes, albeit the better side, until an unlikely hero in the form of Kovacic scored a goal of the season contender and four minutes later, Captain America himself reminded us of the kind of player he can be when he lashed home the second. Chelsea were unable to come up with a winner in a scintillating second half, but in an honourable draw... Chelsea showed the willingness to fight in an adversity and made a big statement in their support for manager Thomas Tuchel. And as for Lukaku, well, time will tell. But to misquote the, ter- ter- the Texan, even, the Texan sheriff who arrested Ozzy Osbourne after he'd pissed on the Alamoa Memorial, if you piss on Thomas Tuchel, boy, you piss on the whole of Chelsea FC. <laughs> anyway, the title of this show is... Beautiful chaos, Chelsea fancast eight hundred and sixty-five, uh, and to enjoy an evening of beautiful chaos that uh, the likes of which only the Chelsea fancast can provide. Of course, we have Mr. Jonathan Kidd.
1: A delight, a delight to be on the show, uh, considering the uh, the turmoil the club has been on this week. Let's hope we can we can put it all to rights with two fabulous guests. And who are they, J.K.? Well, it just so happens that I know. Isn't that interesting it i know who they Who's are. in the round window um uh, uh they're both square oh that's true no one of them one of them is rounder than the other it's <laughs> it's it's the man himself it's 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 super gate seventeen it's Marco come to have you on the show mark fantastic and of course back again you can't keep him away for long erudite interesting. Uh, a man of um, uh, Chelsea supporters' trust. It's Mr. Dan Silva. Yeah, whoop, 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 whoop. like a bad smell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we would never say that of you, Dan. It's always good not to, to my see my face you. anyway. Well, no, not to your face, obviously. But uh, good <laughs> to see you both, actually, boys. We were we were uh, I talking before we went on air about the fact I actually missed you a lot this weekend. I've missed you a lot recently. I miss seeing people like you at the games. But there you go, can't be helped. Anyway, on the show tonight, uh, in part one. Uh, we look at Mane's assault on Aspie, a familiar story of poor finishing and worse defensive and worse comma, defensive lapses, and an unfamiliar story of a Kovic worldie and a Pulisic goal, and a great fighting performance by Chelsea for Tuchel. In part two, we applaud the midfield axis of Kante and Kovacic. Uh, does Pulisic's goal signal a return to form? And after another superb performance in goal by Mendy, we ask how much Chelsea will miss him while he's away at AFCON. And in part three, We've got the results of this week's fannies, if I remember to get them from my phone, for the Liverpool match. And, of course, we answer some questions from Discord. We've got some great questions from Discord this week. And we have some emails to read out. And as a couple of them are on the Romelu Lukaku issue, I've decided that what we'll do is we'll have a big discussion about Romelu Lukaku then, at the end of Part 3. So keep your powder dry until then. And in Part 4, of course, we round up the show because you never guess we've got another match this week. Who'd have thought it? Uh, but we're going to preview the Chelsea Spurs-Caribou Cup semi-final first leg on Wednesday night now as ever don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 p.m uh live JK live exactly uh by doing uh basically it's very simple you just go to mixler dot com forward slash chelsea from fancast and you can join a whole rabble of uh reprobates in there they're all in there tonight Jack Davy, David Hurst Mr. Stick Sticks in the house JK stick stick there stick Loz is in there. Claire McConnell's in there. Happy birthday for the other day, Claire. You had a lovely day. And I, I, I saw your fantastic uh, 1970 replica Chelsea shirt that your son got you. Look lovely. Aussie broke my, uh, signed, my, broke my signed leg. No, signed my broken leg. Mikey, Daryl Middleditch, Diana, the lovely Diana. Uh, no, maybe that was last week. Who knows? But anyway, loads of them in there. And they all have a great time. And they chat to each other. And sometimes they engage with us, which is all good stuff. We will be back to talk about the football after this very short break. AHHHHH <laughs> It's just a very quickie on the on the team selection, Jake. I, I mean, we were actually pretty much bang on, which almost beggars belief. We uh, we flirted
1: with Zayek playing, didn't no, we? No, 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 no. Yeah. You flirted with Zayek. Did you not uh, approve? I Zy- would like never
0: this? ever flirt with Zayek.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Well, we we flirted with the idea of Zayek. I felt um, you you said there was a possibility, but yeah, you were. You were absolutely uh, on the money there, Chich, which yeah. I think is... Um, the only one I got wrong I mean, was silver. It, though, it, it wasn't difficult, though, was it, given the, uh, the, the paucity yes. of, uh, of players available? Um, I'm a bit worried about Werner, not that I'm worried well, got, about him. He's got, got COVID really badly, but he was, he was in really the stadium.
0: Bad. He was under sitting underneath you yesterday, so he's, he's clearly getting better, Dan.
2: Yeah, he's back in training as well. Is so he's he? been back in training the last couple of days. So, yeah, so, so is Ruben as well.
0: OK, that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you're right, JK. They they picked basically the only, you know, the last remaining defenders that we've got, didn't they? And the only two people that really, I suppose, could play wing-back. But I tell you what I found a little bit alarming. The bench had uh, Saar, Hall, Jorginho, Saul, Barkley, Hudson-Odoi, Vale and Zia. And I just thought, Ye gods, that's quite a weak bench. I think that just kind of shows you how decimated
1: they've been. Do you missed out a doy? A doy was on it as well. Wasn't he was it? on the bench. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying he was on the bench. But yeah. no, in a sense, you know that there were, unless there'd been a specific injury, he could have chosen from three from that lot who had been playing regular first team football. But uh, but yeah, if there'd been a um, a specific injury, he'd have had to to give a chance to one of the one of the youth or yeah. alternatively the the terrible twins would have come on again but yeah, um yeah. Uh, i mean after uh, you could have actually trusted um saul to play midfield if uh, if somebody had been injured i'm not quite sure which way where he would have played he wouldn't have replaced kante obviously but i think he's he's nick he's he's crept ahead of barkley who was dreadful in the Brentford game of course um uh but yeah, it, it it I mean we were surprised, weren't we, really, that um, that Thiago got to go, because yeah. we thought that the injury, the the, the hamstring injury, would have kept him out. We were thinking he'd only play in the Spurs game. In fact, that he would he be fit for the Spurs game, and there he was. So he's just signed a new one-year contract. So they've obviously really got great faith in his. His fitness and his ability to keep fit, because he'll be 38, won't he, by yeah. by next yeah. season? But Signed he is a
0: contract today. It's I think, we he's... love to see it, don't we? He
1: is a completely wonderful player. Yeah. So I'm so pleased, and um, yeah. and he reciprocates the love. That's what I like. I yeah. love the fact that he is so um, grateful. Is the wrong word? He just he's, he gets he's, it. He's keen. he's keen. He gets the whole thing absolutely right.
0: Yeah. yeah, Marco. I think it was a bit of a stretch having Gareth Hall on the bench. I mean, he's put on a bit of timber, hasn't he? Really. <laughs> Did you know much about Hall? Seriously speaking, (laughs) do you know much about him? No. I know you know a lot about Gareth Hall, but I I mean, this is this. I I I mean, I don't. I'm not a massive follower of the youth team. I'm ashamed to say, but I was really. I I have to say, do you know what? Because we were talking about it last Friday, or maybe even last Monday, whenever we did a show before that. But you know, I I don't see this situation with the injuries. I mean, because. They might work through the COVID, but as we keep, I mean, you know, Trevo Chaloba went off with a hammy. I mean, I think this is going to keep on happening. We're going to be losing as many people as we're getting back. So I think at some stage, Tuchel's going to either, I mean, like, you know, we'll talk about it later on, obviously. But Wednesday or Saturday, we're going to have to see a lot of these youth players coming in. So I am not, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, you know, because T- Thomas Tuchel seems to be a fairly good judge of youth players, given how well Chaloba's done this season, Mark.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, I think the I think the key thing is all the clubs. I was I was talking to a scouser after the game yesterday, and he he was sort of saying um, ish the same thing that they just didn't have a bench yesterday, um, and I think with the exception maybe of Manchester City, who've got to that stage where they've got a couple of world class players covering at every position um, and, and can brazenly play without having bought a striker. Um, you know, everyone else seems to be in the same boat. And I think the AFCON thing could potentially magnify it because, you know, for example, we lose Mendy. Um, you know, I mean, the Scousers lose Mane and Salah.
0: And Cater. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, you know, I, I think Mendy going... Keppa's shown signs that he's capable. But, you know, if Kepa got injured, um, you know, it's it's situations like that where, you know, you're not a couple of injuries short of a crisis. Um, I mean, look at, you know, James and Chilwell for Chelsea.
0: Mm. It's not good, is
3: it? Mind you, I mean, I I have to say... um, it, it doesn't it doesn't scare me the fact that, like it scares some people um that Aspila Quetta and Alonso have been tasked with uh filling the breach while while the other two are injured. Um you know
0: They did very well yesterday, I thought, actually. They did very, very well because we were Alonso,
1: Alonso really rose to the occasion. Didn't he just absolutely other than when Solar scored, but that was well, that was
0: that was I... Rudiger's fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he switched yeah. off. That Alonso yeah. did really well to get yeah, back and try exactly. and cover up for Rüdiger's error. Yeah, but I thought
3: Alonso he had an he had a couple of cracking efforts as well. He Alonso. did, but I thought Except Dave
1: for that one moment when he volleyed when when he volleyed up into the stands and uh, as I noticed, Tuchel went absolutely mad. Yeah, a lot.
0: I'm loving Can't his temper tantrums. They're really, really funny. Yeah. But I thought I thought yeah. Dave did really well. Considering last week, I said on the show he, we, he needs to be pensioned enough because he's basically running backwards. I thought Dan. I thought they both had an exceptional game, mate. I have yeah. to say,
2: you know, going against the pace of Salah and Mahla, they did really well. They just defended superbly. I thought the whole the whole you know bar a couple of errors which happened in football. I thought we we did very well. Yeah, you know, t- a couple of pot shots from Salah. In the second half. Other than that, they weren't they really troubled us too much.
0: Oh, like the boys. That.
2: I just thought they were. They were. Li- I just thought they were a little bit off the pace as well in midfield. Their midfield three was well overrun quite
0: a lot by ours. We we won it in midfield, and we'll talk yeah. about that certainly in part two. Um, let's start with the first thing that happened after about six seconds, which was just, I mean, defied belief. I'd be very keen to to, to hear what you all. I mean, you know, I'll fess up now. I, I had to watch this at home on the telly yesterday, so obviously. You know, you see things I don't see, and I see things you don't see. Blah de blah de blah, uh, but obviously, you know, I saw the, the the replay of it immediately, and I mean, it was a it was at the definition of a forearm smash, and how that pillock Anthony Taylor didn't send him off for that, I will never know. But J K, you know, in the in, in the referee report, uh, it, I mean, actually. Really, the finger has to be wagged at VAR. And Paul Well, Paul Tierney was removed at, from VAR at Liverpool's request. It was Dave English who was the VAR man. But uh, other than not stepping in to send uh, Marne off, because you could actually forgive Taylor for not being near the play then, because he, he would have just kicked off. Henderson piles piles the ball 30, 40 yards. He wouldn't have been anywhere near that. So he wouldn't yet, have, been
1: would have been oh. able to would have been there. Yeah. No lines on the other
0: side. Uh, fair enough. Yes, you're right. He would be, wouldn't Good
1: he? Point. he yeah. was, yes, you're right. He was below me. You're right. no, yeah. no, no, no. No, 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 no. The, the linesman on that side, running that line, would have would have been... He, he, the...
2: he would have covered the other half.
1: He would still would have been sufficiently near to have had a debate with the not, referee. But not entirely sure, because... No, but I nonetheless. Guess nonetheless. No, no, yeah, but we're in a world with Taylor that he does not speak to his his trusted servants there he he doesn't do it because he believes he knows and he has a he has the view he will he he the only time he will he will do anything is when it's referred when var are are involved and he doesn't want to pay any attention to them
0: well why why didn't var get in his ear given that we don't know if the if the linesman could have seen it hang on a minute we don't know that the linesman didn't see it or not. We know that Taylor probably didn't. Why were VAR not in his ear, Dan?
2: They were, they were, but they said it was it was reckless, not dangerous. So it, it
0: was. Well, they, they're they, fucking they, wrong, mate.
2: I know. And wrong. fucking know he's stupid. s and Hasselbank both said red card. Jimmy. Jamie Spitty Carragher's like, is this an orange card, mate? It's an orange I mean,
1: card. They tried to read um, Henderson, said there was no card at all. Well, Henderson's a, I mean, well, a stupid dick. He's anyway. absolutely he's appalling. He's Wanker. This, Always I just think
2: it's all this <laughs> bullshit. I think what they say after six seconds or 60 minutes, it doesn't matter, it's a red card. It doesn't matter if it ruins the game. It's a red card. Had that been Aspion Mane, red card all day, guarantee.
1: Can I just make a point, Chish? Um Taylor wasn't that far away he was in the usual position for making judgments because he's, about, he's about 35 yards away from the, from the play. He moves, the ball is kicked. He just moves. He's by the centre circle anyway. He moves to the right. He's got a clear view of it. And, but, but, you know, uh, Peter Walton, I was reading the times said um, uh, it, 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 he didn't go in with the point of his elbow. Therefore, <laughs> It was He went in serious.
0: with his fucking forearm. I know.
1: Therefore, it wasn't serious foul play. So it's OK, is it, to hit people with 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 your uh, – as, as a forearm smash. That's OK. But the elbow was involved, which I have to say is quite difficult to get involved because you've got to get round yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. What are you going to say, Dan?
2: The ball was in the air for a very long time. It wasn't – even when you saw the steals, the ball wasn't anywhere near as or o'malley And he clearly went yeah. with an arm swinging yeah. – yeah, he did. Okay, go on. He did look at Asp. He did look and go. What well, you'll be home? I'm going to do you. No, he didn't do that. Still, he, didn't. he still made
0: a swing. He it's didn't just... make a swing, Dan. He didn't make a swing. He went like that. It was a forearm smash. A yeah. swing is when you do that. It's loose. That's what I'm saying. If, he if went in like won... that. He knew where yeah, he but... was. He knew where he was, and he just made sure he got him out of the way.
2: Yeah, I, I just think V A R is not the problem. It's the absolute buffoons and idiots at PGMOL who are not fit for purpose. Absolutely disgraceful that the premier league's major stakeholders cannot get simple decisions right it,
1: it, it, well, it, somebody it, gave it, it, an it, argument some, sorry? somebody gave an argument during the week that the game is played very very quickly and you've got 22 people in your ear and uh, and you know, the they you know they're not quite, they're not quite as fit I'm not agreeing with this by the way and yeah. they're not quite they're not quite as they're not as fit as the players and they're doing a very good job considering and of course Fuck yeah, they
0: get paid enough
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. To Absolutely. a
2: point, yes. But then what's the point in fucking VAR and stock no, 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 no. I, I, I don't agree right.
1: with that. I don't agree with that view at all. This was somebody arguing the other way, just saying, you know, get st- stop having a go at referees. They do their best. It's a bit like Boris Johnson and the government. In the, the, the reality is, is that um, I keep going on about this. They're just run by complete ego egomaniacs who um, find it really difficult to share the fact with Others that they might have made an error, and so yes. and they'll and they'll and and I think as they said on Match of the Day last night, um, he he didn't he didn't want to uh, um, make the decision because it was six seconds in. Yeah, I, I but, think
0: uh, that's yeah. it. That that's basically it, I think. But uh, Marco, my ire was not just reserved for that appalling decision. What can you can you try and explain? I mean, You would have probably had no no little idea of this in the stadium, of course, but um, there were a number of ridiculous VAR inquisitions. One to try to get Mount sent off, in my view. Uh, the other, when uh, uh, basically Pulisic got a yellow card for winning the ball. I mean, he, he, he has, this is a real contention of me as well, actually, because the refs nearly always get this wrong. You can actually win the ball by stretching your legs and your feet will naturally be in the air. And then where are you supposed to go? If the player gets in the flaming way, what are you supposed to do? But Pulisic gets a yellow card for basically fairly winning the ball. And then both goals... Both goals, they they try and find a way to disallow it. What? I mean, Tuchel made a point of this afterwards. He's, he's he's as steamed up about it as I am. I don't know what, what you think.
3: I, th- I think, you know, yesterday it was interesting. Um, we always say, oh, yeah, Gate 17. It's, it's, it's a fantastic view. You get to see everything. Couldn't see a bloody thing that was going on. Because the... the, the The uh, this is absolutely true because nobody nobody was everybody was like engrossed in the game nobody was paying any attention to um, anything else so I was blissfully unaware what actually the severity of uh, the Marnay challenge and then the the, you're absolutely right the the other VAR decisions for the for the Chelsea goals it was like. This this is Taylor, isn't it? Anthony Taylor's and VAR are just making this game of football all about them. Um, and I, you know, I mean, it's bizarre. I know, kind of VAR does have its uses, um, but as far as as far as kind of ruining a spectacle of a football game uh, for supporters in the stadium who just haven't got a clue what's going on what 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 what, what is this you know we, all we were players... all
1: guessing we were all guessing after the volley we were thinking what happened Had Rudiger done dark arts at some stage you know well, was exactly there a, yeah. was there a body lying on the floor in the penalty yeah, area yeah. that we'd missed and that the goal was going to be be, be annulled a null, null and void and um uh it, then afterwards, I think we somebody saw it back, and you just saw what happening was that Rudiger was just running back, and they said he couldn't possibly have been in the goalie's eye line being offside because he was running for, by the post, and the ball had gone into the top right hand corner. But it was, it was, um and also the other the aspect the the, the mount stamp. The, the only reason that they looked at it was because all the Liverpool. Liverpool players objected to the referee and he didn't actually stamp on the player at all. He stamped on the ground next to him. He tried, they, to, free he, he tried to free
0: his leg that Simicast was grabbing leg, hold of. Right.
1: That's right. And then he moved, he stamped on the ground accordingly. But as well, I saw from about, you know, 50 yards away, but it's for 50 yards away, it didn't look like a foul. And yet there it is. And it's a possible up on the screen, possible red card mount. And you just think this is, and also the the, the, the guy was grabbing his leg, reacted in a completely... Um, I mean, on a fake way, he faked it to try and get him sent off, which to me is as as, as equally appalling. And he should have got a yellow card for that.
2: Yeah. What, what fascinates me is you could tell with Kovacic's goal within the first replay that there was nobody interfering in the play. So why it took over a minute to get a decision is ridiculous. Yeah, just, yeah. Don't, just don't understand. It was so clear that nobody was offside.
0: It's a joke. I, I have to say, look, you know, I, I, thankfully, apart from Mane, which I think did affect the game, obviously, because he then went on to score. But the other, de- the other non-decisions didn't, you know, impact us. But I-, I was really glad to see both Aspie and Tuchel making those points that we're getting a lot of very bad decisions recently, and they're dead right. Um, in terms of the game, it was. I mean, again, you know, it's well, well, this will be very interesting for me tonight because you, you, me, and you will have very different perspectives, no doubt, because I wasn't there and you all were, which makes a makes a change, I suppose, but. Um it was I thought we started really, really well. I thought we were so at it and we were all over them like a rash. But of course it's the same old bloody story. Pulisic, you know, effectively is the keeper to beat and absolutely fluffs so it. He fluffed another chance as well that was a good chance. And and then I mean, you know, a terrible error by Trevo, you know, it has to be said. Um and then a terrible error by Rudiger, it has to be said. I, I mean other than that, I thought Salah's goal was just exquisite. I mean, it was a very, very good goal, but Rudiger switched off and he just w- w- walked into the space. So it was a classic example: defensive errors, failing to finish. And I have to say, I mean, I'm to, you know—I I was very, very cross on my own in my living room. But I, I just thought, well, that's it. We're going to get the humping that I kind of semi-predicted last last week. But uh, Marco, how how did you feel? I mean, I you know, gate seventeen. We're loyal, mate. We don't we don't walk off after two goals going down. I know probably because most of us are asleep, to be fair. But you know.
3: I must admit, um, having 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 said that we didn't have a good view of uh, the the Mane incident. Unfortunately, we had a crystal clear view of uh, Salah being afforded the freedom of Stamford Bridge, uh-huh. um, but by Mr. Rudiger and you know just waltzing past. Uh, Alonso and and you know placing that goal. I mean you know at the end of the day, it's Salah he is the best player in the world. Um, but you know I think I think more could have been done to stop that, uh, including you know roughing in, roughing the fucker up. <laughs> um, you know if Rudiger wants to do something, be an animal. You know with with, with Salah um, early on. Um, but yeah. It was um at that point, uh, you know, it was kind of like we need something. We were, we were talking about the uh oh the FA Cup game, the four, the two-nil down to come back to four two and going, yeah, but we haven't got anybody in this team capable of uh doing that. I said it, really I wa- said
1: which one's Mark Hughes? I said, tell yeah, me. Exactly. Which one I is. mean it it, it was got more like I Yossi Hughes and Mark Hughes
3: at the moment, haven't we? <laughs> five, we were kind of five minutes from capitulation, I think, in that game. Um, well,
0: here's a question for you, Marco, because it's something that you, you, you just can't see on the TV. But you do get a real feeling for in the stadium. Because that was my worry. I thought, 2-0, the game's gone. They're They're absolutely... Up against it anyway, you know, in they're knackered, oh, all it wouldn't take a lot for them to, for their heads to drop, and they're just going to get hammered here. Was there was there a feeling of that in the stadium?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, when when that second goal, the, I mean, the, especially where we were, because everybody saw, um, close up, you know, the way that goal uh came about, the mistakes, uh, and just the losing the ball in the,
1: in the middle yeah. of the pitch.
3: Just just the ease at which, you know, Salah thinking, God, he's gonna, he's gonna score a hat trick before he goes to the AFCON and all of this, you know. I mean, it was kind of like, God, spare us, blow the full-time whistle now. Um and then, you know, it was kind of okay, you never know with Chelsea, but I mean, even then it was kind of like I think, I think younger supporters were would were, were dumb for here. Um because I could hear there's a couple of youngsters sitting, oh, we're gonna lose. This is terrible. I don't know, like wait and see, wait and see. We're Chelsea, wait and see. <laughs> yeah,
0: well we did didn't have to wait too long. I mean we were 2-0 down aside 27 minutes. But here's another thing, Dano. Um You <laughs> I wonder, here's the thing, because again, I I, I wasn't there, so it's really hard for me to gauge. But if that had just been a tap-in, Kovacic's goal, I wonder if it would have had the same effect. Because, I mean, as you probably know, it's very hard watching football on TV, particularly when you're on your own, because there's there's very little to bounce off. When that goal went in, I went absolutely fucking mental. And I'm sitting there on my own in a Sunday afternoon in Winchester. So I'm just thinking, well, if I reacted like that, what was the stadium like? Because I, I wonder if that galvanized the entire stadium as well to go, hang on a minute, we're back in this, boys.
2: I think it did, because you saw Kovacic's fist pumping celebration saying, come on, come on. And really, because the first one to get the ball, run back to centre line, because it, it was such a worldy goal. And it's Kovacic's shooting is just
0: normal. Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if he would be shooting John Lennon, John Lennon would still be alive. But just, just incredible technique because he, he stepped back a bit on the volley and it was it was brilliant it was just the crowd noise was almost like the hazard equaliser against spurs a couple of years back under um when we started them in the league it just suddenly lifted us to a whole nother level so yeah it was it was very possibly had a huge you know positive effect on us and then equalizing three minutes later changed the whole you know mindset going to half time
1: you have to remember that kovacic was aiming for the left-hand corner though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's harsh, J.K. Okay. That is harsh.
1: <laughs> when he scored, he he uh, he obviously looked to the heavens, but he also had a, uh, a friend or a relative in the west stand because he kept waving to the west stand and I kept thinking, oh god, it's... A- probably this is the best goal he's ever scored so he's just he's he's
0: one of the only goals he's ever scored but you know he got that wrong
1: as well <laughs> but it, it, it definitely no, for me it, it galvanized everything and everybody of you know, the crowd got much 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 louder and oh, there was a universal belief that we were going to lose five nil i think at that stage particularly since um uh they were they were they were, they were there was a fluidity about their attacking that we, I felt jealous of. I thought, well, if we can play like that with our defence and our midfield, we'd be up there with City. We'd be beating everybody. Um, An incision that they've got that we just uh, we don't have with Pulisic, unfortunately. But let's think about it again. Poor old Pulisic. I think you're absolutely right, chaps. That the the second that he scored that goal, which he took really excellently, he, he had a much better second half. Really, very, very confident as a consequence. Yeah, and also
2: I think he's obviously very well-loved amongst the players because everyone was just all over him like a, like yeah, a rash I when he scored. I think, yeah, yeah. I think he's very popular in the yeah, team as a, well.
0: He's a good kid and I, I can get yeah. that. Marco, I, I noticed something, <clears throat> or just merely merely a reflection, really, you know, and I wondered if this helped us to get back in the game because I know it was flat in the stadium and I think there was a bit of a wobbly moment where you know. Jalibar. The head the heads heads might have gone down a bit. Yeah, he he made that brilliant tackle, brilliant, didn't he? Brilliant yeah. tackle. I think yeah. that really helped. But the thing that, that helped me-
1: as well. I think that helped as well, absolutely. Yeah, I,
0: I I agree. And you you do need moments like that. But I, I actually think uh Mount might have might have helped here. I think that little contretemps he had with Simicas, he was clearly getting fucked off, as was Havertz. And I gotta say I I like that about both Mount and Havertz. They've got a bit of steel about them, a bit of edge, you know. And look at Mount, he's a slip of a lad, but I tell you, he 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 he, he was fucked off with it, and he was ticking his foot in the people. And I thought, I think that helped lift the team. I have to say,
3: uh, I, I do think uh, personally. I, th- I think that Kovacic goal was pure frustration, come speculation, come cannonball. Um, and I, I think that that goal alone was kind of the, the you know the the torch to the bonfire that relit rekindled Chelsea's appetite for that game. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, the Pulisic thing. I, I mean, yeah, up until he scored, you know, people were people were saying he is to that number ten shirt what Carly Boularouz was to the number 9 shirt um, you know and and there was chatter about hazard and you know obviously the Lukaku thing and obviously when it was all going pear shaped um he couldn't put a foot foot right really pulisic so so yeah i mean just to underline what's already been said um it was good to see him uh, get that goal and it did you know improve his game fivefold um including positional swaps etc so hopefully um given that he seems to have got over his uh physical issues um now he's got uh you know he's kind of like he's got the mindset and the belief that he can um score goals and excite the supporters etc maybe that's something he can kick on from and he's um, going to be an asset to the club moving forwards into second half of the season.
0: Well, let's hope so. As I said, I'm, I'm particularly enamoured of, uh, I, I think, I mean, you know, we were talking, Funny enough, I was talking about Mount the other week uh, when Rudiger did his brilliant shithousery in the Leeds game and the way that Rudiger pretty much ran the length of the pitch to be first into the brawl. Um, it was wonderful. I mean, again, I wasn't there. So, you know, you could see it on the TV but actually, the way they cut it, it made it look like he was there all the time. But he, he basically broke the, the land speed record to get there and have a bit of a punch-up. But the other person who was in there before him, well, the two people who are in there before him were Haberts oh, and Mason Mount. And I've seen this about Mount a lot. He never shirks a fight. He, he'll mix it with people. And I love it about that. And I, I think one of the things, I mean, I, I said at the time, didn't I, JK, you cannot teach people that. That's either in you or it isn't in you. It's, in, it's inherent in you as a personality trait. You know, you cannot coach people or teach them to, yeah. to step into a fight. You just can't.
1: You could never see Werner doing that, could no. you?
0: No, no. Or Dave, you know, he's a nice bloke. But Mount, there's something, you know, and I, we need that. We need winners. And what I've, I've often heard about Mount and a lot of these youngsters, the Reese Jameses of the world, you know, and plenty of the others too, is that because they've grown up with Chelsea, they, they, they have a really strong winning mentality. You know, these guys are used to winning. So when they are on the end of one they don't like it and they get they get nasty and I, I great that's what we need you know loving it anyway um just to wrap, I think
3: they've heard, they've heard of glorious unpredictable
0: they have marco did you see in my <laughs> my review of the year that I did for football london I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't quote you directly in it so I, I made sure I, I gave you due props in the, in when I, when I tweeted it out but I mean <laughs> if ever, if ever a year was gloriously unpredictable I think last year was wasn't it
3: Oh, God. Well, I think every year is, not it? Well,
0: true enough. That, that, that,
3: that game was yesterday.
0: Well, there you go. Exactly that. Yeah, just to wrap this part up, I think this is the most important thing that I really took out of the whole game. I mean, I know, I know we didn't manage to get a winner in the second half. And I thought we played fantastically well. We'll talk more about that in part two. But I think, for me, the most important thing for that was, I think that was a real statement performance. I think when you think about what had been happening before the whole Lukaku thing... Added to the massive COVID and injury crisis that we're in, but particularly the Lukaku thing, they they went out there and gave it all on the pitch for Thomas Tuchel. You know, they 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 really did fight through adversity and give it all for him. And I thought that was a real statement to say, boss, we're we're playing for you, and Lukaku can fuck the fuck off. Actually, J.K.
1: It was a really good performance, wasn't it? They played really really well. So there is. Uh... I was going to say there's life in the old dog dog yet, but they, you know it's a young dog, despite all the um, the injuries and the trials and tribulations, and uh, and also I think the agenda against Chelsea because there's there's been a, a, a ridiculous uh, attitude towards uh, the team. Everybody else appears to have got away with uh, um, days off through COVID, and yet we've been uh, analysed clearly as having an enormous squad and. So that you can, they'll play regardless. And, and um, Tuchel's amazement at having to play players who'd only just come back from COVID was uh, was absolutely justified.
2: Yeah. I just, I think to remember, is one 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 defeat in 19. Freak goal against West Ham. That's it. You know, crisis. Yeah, nah. Okay, we're not going to get as many three points as we'd like. But we're not doing too bad. And the way Tuchel speaks as well. Oh, oh what a man. Well, you know he spoke what? After the game, just beautiful. What he's really got, he wouldn't put his players under the bus with Lukaku. I thought he handled that really well, which we'll come really to really later. Well. I just think he's just a brilliant man manager, great tactician. I think we're very lucky to have him.
0: I think they know it, and that's why they played for him yesterday. But it's, it's funny you yeah. talk about crisis. Not what crisis? Because as this is a brilliant segue, Dan, you're 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 a genius, as we all know. But. Um, as Marco will probably know, my latest missive in uh, ye old CFC UK fanzine is entitled Crisis, What Crisis? And it says exactly that, that if there is a crisis, it's not of Tuchel's making. It's, uh, it's made by COVID and injuries, but actually he's doing a rather good job and I totally subscribe to that idea and you lot should subscribe to uh, CFC UK. But uh, before that, Marco, where can one avail oneself of a copy of this legendary fanzine?
3: Um, One can cross one's palm with one pound of the Queen's (laughs) coffers um, at at the fabled CFC UK stall on match day, which is across the road from the main entrance to Fulham Broadway station. Vendors also strategically positioned along the Fulham Road before and after games. Um or you can subscribe uh fanzine at cfcuknet. Uh email that email address for further information.
0: Yeah, I mean basically you can I mean we're we're kind of halfway through now, but basically you can uh you know subscribe to a whole year's worth of CFC UK's the hard copies by doing that. Uh and you uh pay sixteen quid if you're in the UK. You pay 35 quid if you're in Europe and 45 quid for the rest of the world. But you can also get it digitally. So uh, if if you email fanzine at cfcuk.net and you decide you want a digital subscription, then uh, DJ will email you a PDF uh, issue of each one. And that costs six quid for a whole season. So there you go. There's no excuses. There are brilliant writers in there and me. Uh, But you've got Marco, Tim Rolls, Clayton, Dean, Walter, Kelvin... I mean it's 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 basically like a, a kind of a you know a who's who, a of, who's, who. A who's who of great chelsea writers and as I said and some shit ones like me as well so you know we cater for all tastes yeah. on the CFC uk fanzine anyway uh, we're going to be back in part 2 and we're going to be talking more about the game about how well we played really but I also want to really talk about uh, how well kovacic and kante played because I thought they were superb uh, also a little chat about Pulisic and a little chat about mindy we'll be back in a minute Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined as ever by the Right Honourable Lord of the Privy Seal, Mr.
1: Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I've been promoted. How lovely. Thank you. New very Year's
0: good. on his list. Yeah. Oh. Sir Jonathan Kidd, in fact. Yeah. Sir R, R, R,
1: R, R, R. <laughs> Privy Seal. I love him. Thank you.
0: And, of course, we've Lord got Kidd. the. Mark, Mark. Yeah, what, what, what?
1: Lord Kidd.
0: Lord Sir John Kidd. I think it's that that that's the way they would do it anyway. Is that be called uh, St. John Yes, Lord Sir Sir Jonathan Sinjen kid. How about that? Okay. Uh we've also got the wonderful Marco Worrell, the the legend of Gate 17 himself and Gate 17 Enterprises. Good to see you Marco. Good evening. Great to be here. Happy New Year, absolutely, listeners. Absolutely right. Last but by no means least uh the uh wonderful Dan Silver uh, Dan it's quite funny I've I've been bored uh, sometime over the weekend and I, I know what it was I, because I got really excited and I've 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 relit our YouTube channel it made me look at our website and I think it was something that Dane Dane said he, he emailed me or messaged me something and it made me remember what a great team of people we we have at the moment and also actually it's the most stable squad we've had at the Chelsea fancast I think since, since we started it so I actually wrote down who was in it and we've you know, including the journos, but I, I tried to do it in chronological order and I got I mean, you know, and the, you know I mean Marco is actually other than me, you know, he's the he's the longest standing member of the Chelsea fan cast. Yeah. You know. Um but Martin Wickham got in ahead of all of you lot, which which I remembered at the back of my head. Martin used to come to the benches in Putney even before oh, Jake. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. But so, when is
3: the When do you envisage the 1,000th episode?
0: That's a very good question, Marco. We, I reckon we must do what? Two a week. So let's say we do about 60 shows a year. So we're a couple of years away, aren't we? Oh, right. Then. And then, so, I, then I'll retire. Throw a stick in the mud. Didn't we Like jump from like 600 to 800 or something? No, I, I decided to count the ones I'd not counted. Because, oh, okay, because basically I shoved up about 250, 300. Uh, on on ACast, or well, there are there are about three hundred that didn't get to ACast. Okay, and I don't think they ever should, not in this new woke age that we live in, because we'd find ourselves <laughs> behind bars. But uh, I mean, remember we've been doing it since that t- two thousand and eight. So you know, I did. Oh. I, I have to go and figure it out, but. You know, basically, I started again when we went to Acast, and then I thought, hang on a minute, that's stupid. So I basically totted up how many we'd done before that added it on, and lo and behold, we got where we were. Yeah. But, uh, but there's still loads of shows I haven't counted. I mean, I never I never numbered any of the Kerry shows, for example, and we did loads of those.
2: Must have been 50 or 60 of those, weren't
0: they? Yeah, easily. And and, and, yeah. and there's, there's the My Chelsea's I never did. We don't number the 50 years stuff, so fuck. we we're probably not far from... Probably... We pro- yeah. Nine hundred, maybe. Well, we've probably done a thousand. Things? I'll add it all up, just for you, Dan. I'll add it all up. Oh, no, don't. If we get past a
1: thousand, it's not fair because we then won't have celebrated it.
0: Well, I'll, 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 I'll do it. And if if we've gone over a thousand, I won't tell you. How, how about that? Perfect. If we did, Perfect. that's the case,
2: and we get to Champions League final, we win it again, that becomes a thousand show.
0: Well, I, do you know what? There, there was, you know, an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, and I mentioned it in the piece or something. I think it might. I can't remember where I wrote it. Oh, I know, in the YouTube thing I did the other day, but. You know, we 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 started the shows just before we got to Moscow, and here we are, just after Porto. So it's you know it's see, there's a there's a quite I think there's a there's quite a, 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 a you know a thing a synchronicity with synchronicities. the synchronicities uh, yeah with with the yeah. Champions League
2: and joy, joy, Wolves beat Man United one 0 they did which
0: is brilliant news apart from for my. Um, Premier League predictions because I yeah. predicted United would win two
2: one. The Deutsch Mark two calls not doing very well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I'm doing quite well in that Mark. I took your advice a few weeks ago, mate, and I've been on page one for the last couple of weeks.
3: Uh, I was up. I, I, I was up to forty three. I think I had United to win 2-0 tonight.
1: Yeah, so. I, I did too. So I, I gave it a draw, I think, if I remember. Yeah,
0: we've all lost points then. Anyway, we should get on with the show, prattling along, talking about... Anyway, yeah, I mean, we've got a great team, I think was the whole point I, I was making. And it's, it's, it's brilliant. I was talking to Dane about it the other night and... And mark me and as well we we need to get another another outing to the pensioner, I think or or maybe somewhere else, or whatever, but we definitely need to all meet up and have hoolie again because it was so much fun in the summer anyway, right um we're talking about the Chelsea Liverpool game, obviously, and you know, as I said, we didn't get a winner in the second half, but I have to say it wasn't for want of trying and i i mean i i don't i don't i mean they they don't, I don't think they were anything any more or less profligate than they normally are, you know it was a problem with the final pass, but they gave it a right go. But I think the other thing, uh, JK, was I I thought we played superb football. And actually, what was really interesting was to hear all the pundits going on. I mean, there's a lot of people going around in the media world saying that's the best match they've seen for years, qualitatively,
1: actually. It was you know, called a classic, wasn't it? In, yeah, uh,
0: but the, the in quality Paris. of the play, the speed of the play particularly, the way we controlled the ball, I mean, you know, we, we, I, I was really impressed. But I think, well, as I said earlier, we,
1: we were fabulous. It was both goals were against the runner play. They were down to, to error. One was down to great class of a grow It was a mistake by Pulisic losing the ball in the midfield, but it was, uh, it was um, a, a piece of brilliance from Salah, who almost achieved another piece of brilliance, except for that superb mandy save going backwards and i think we were going to talk about the possibility later on of what would happen if he, when he goes off to the um, the african cup of nations because um sure. our, our substitute goalkeeper isn't as big because i think a smaller keeper as in kepper would wouldn't have got to that um that wonderful lob by by the possibly the best player in the world as you say but uh, but other than those two goals we were we were fabulous it was a fabulous performance um but uh, other than, and there was 10 minutes, I think, when our heads went down. And then the Chalabar tackle, we were we were suddenly thinking, oh, we've got some hope here. Then suddenly we were back to the level we'd been before. We maintained that level in the second half. I think the major problem is this inability to put the ball in the net because we keep having the, it's the last precision in the last third. That's why I jealously looked across at um, at the three players, that uh, well, even the two players, or even the one player that Liverpool have got to actually uh, take advantage of being um, given a possibility of scoring. We don't take half chances. We don't even take the full chances. And it's the same pattern every time. And in fact, this whole process of not of being all over somebody in the first few minutes, having a couple of opportunities and not scoring, is a regular, regular occurrence. And it was unfortunately down to Pelech taking the. Uh, um, the extra touch. They seem to be um, uh, allergic to seeing the goal and shooting. And we've talked about this before, is that, uh, you know, when, when Viali was, uh, was playing for us, um, one of the main reasons why he scored so often in the few games he played, because he was so keen to be uh, the manager, was he saw the goal, as with Hughes, um, two perfect examples of proper centre forwards. He saw the goal, he had a dip. Yeah. You know, he, that was it. He he took in, it early. And, and, kick it early and it always the goalkeeper is always it, 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 he's on the back foot because he hasn't seen the moments too quick for him we seem to always want to take another pass or even pass across or another another touch and i don't understand why that happens given the 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 brilliance of tuchel as a uh, as a manager i have to say he despairs every single time i mean when when Pulisic missed, took the ball, tried to take the ball wide of the keeper, um, he went absolutely berserk. So he's clearly feeling the same thing, and this is why I—I uh, I, I mean, I put this out there. I mentioned it on the fan buy. I—I I wonder whether there's an option to buy a Bamayang, who is his player, play with him. Yeah, but hang at- on a minute.
0: Without getting to the Lukaku stuff, why re- yeah. why replace one bad apple with another bad apple?
1: Well, yes, I suppose that may be one of the reasons why he he. Um, he said he managed to tame him, though, didn't he, when he was in Germany? I don't think... He, oh, there true ever...
0: enough, I forgot he managed him, didn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he oh, managed well. him in Germany.
0: Yeah. And also, Bam Yang's fallen out with...
1: He thought, that's the point. Well, yeah, the, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that possibly he's fallen out because he may have been tapped up. There may be a possibility of him yeah. coming to Chelsea.
2: And just going back to what you're saying about Chances of missing two game and There's only so much coaching too, who can do on the pitch, but these players make their own decisions,
1: like Callum against Brighton. Oh, indeed, you can't. You can't legislate for that. No, you game, can't. Honestly. I know, but it, but you you think that somehow
0: can't you? Can't you just like you know, with a kind of a godlike hand, press down very hard on their head, so they kick the ball where you wanted to? Was that is am I that my confusing that? with of I Like like that game yes. <laughs>
2: exactly. Put <First right>. <laughs> right, spin it, First ball. That's that's been our problem all season. Well, for. Ages, we, we're never, we're not clinical enough. We're not, no. you know, Salah one chance, one goal, one what? chance, one brilliant save. That's that's the difference. That's well, levels. they they so, had,
0: so, they had. We uh, Mendy made four saves and uh, yeah. Kelleher made four. Kelleher actually made a great save from Pulisic, if you recall, which I thought was yeah, very good. Half. But but you know. The difference is, is that they had fewer chances than us, but their chances had to be really, really well saved. A lot of our chances were easily saved or went over the bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. the difference, isn't it? Marco, one of the things that I liked a lot about yesterday was the high tempo that they played uh, and, you know, and the risks that they took. Because one of the criticisms you can level against us a lot this season is, is how ponderous we often are. You know, we'll pass backwards rather than taking a chance of putting somebody through. Um, and I love that. I mean, and I do think that that had a lot to do with Kovacic and Kante. And I have to say, I mean, Kante, you know, that when, when you have a, a fuckwit like Sarri, uh, having the temerity to say, I don't want to play him in the place he plays normally because he can't pass. Some of the passes that Kante did yesterday between the lines were absolutely brilliant. Let alone is running around everywhere and and, and actually pl- playing wall wall football with with uh, Liverpool defenders to get the ball back. I mean, but it was the passing as well. And I, I just thought, you know, taking those risks is what Tuchel's been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, I thought we began to see that yesterday. Did you want to say something, Dan?
2: No, just 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 a quick point that as soon as um, Georgina came on. Which I know were pretty jumping head. The whole, the whole momentum went totally. Did you not notice that? Where Jorginho came on for whoever it was. Well, I don't know whole...
0: why. I don't know why he made the change. I mean, the only reason yeah. I think he made the change was he wanted to put three in midfield. He just wanted to sol- yeah. solid up a bit. I think he just lost that momentum straight away. Well, I think he I, I mean, look. Here is the thing. I mean, we talked yeah. about it when when did we do the last show? Jay? was it Thursday? Wasn't Thursday. It? You know, we we talked about it then that you know I didn't think this was a must win. I thought this was a must not lose, and that was kind of before the whole Lukaku thing kicked off. So I think I think he, he basically said, no, I'm I'm gonna settle for a draw here. That's what he did. But uh, I think Dan makes a good point to raise Jorginho there, Marco, because of course I do wonder that uh, what we got from Kovacic and Kante was a midfield that haired around the place, had more tempo and was prepared to to take a risk and put a, a defense splitting pass in. I and mean, you don't see that enough from Jorginho, if at okay. all.
3: I think he's in he made an interesting point earlier about the, 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 the Sari thing. Um and uh because he he kind of gave he tried to re- reinvent Kante, didn't he? Um with mixed mixed results, shall we say. But I think I think what we saw yesterday was a, a fully fit Kante, which we haven't seen um we don't see enough of these days sadly um, and not only that but i think Tushel kind of gave him um a license to uh, license to ill no uh, <laughs> not, license license to um you know do be a bit of a buccaneer and you know really own that midfield um you know, it was kind of like, I don't know, it was sort of Lampard-esque at, at times, the way he was playing. um And it, and it was a joy. And yeah, he, the link up with uh, Kovacic really worked. And as Dan highlighted, you know, as soon as Jorginho came on, it, it was sort of back to wading through treacle, um you know i mean when when Jorginho came on we actually we were actually saying what happens if we get a penalty now um, and then Jorginho came on and was we oh yeah we're going to get a penalty and then we remembered anthony taylor was the referee and a var would of course uh, rule against chelsea in in the eventuality that any such thing might um be a possibility but yeah I, you know I, I just think kante had one of those games yesterday when everybody goes ah the world's best midfielder ngolo kante um and he is um will we get it again on you know will he will he have that level of fitness to carry him through uh, against tottenham on on wednesday not sure um but you know it is what it is i think with kante now.
2: yeah i think i think we get 90 minutes of kante on was it Wednesday? He gets a week's rest because of Chesterfield. He won't playing that, and then Tottenham second leg, Man uh, City. So you get, he'll get a week's rest in between.
0: Hmm. Be interesting to see, won't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole. It's interesting what you said about Jorginho again there. And actually, Albert the second makes a very good point here. You know, Jorginho came on because Chileba came off, so we had to yeah. to rejig things a little bit. Um, But I I did think it was interesting, actually, didn't it? Because, I mean, you you know, I don't think I'm wrong. I think think Jorginho is a very good player at slowing it all down and and trying to control the game. But I think what it did do, J.K., was it handed the initiative back to Liverpool again because they they camped in a half for 10 minutes after that and I started twitching rather like Herbert Lom-like, really.
1: (laughs) I think, to be fair to Jorginho, I don't think he's been fit. No, he hasn't. uh, I'm
0: not trying trying to dig him out because I'm converted. I, I, I can understand what he does and I think he does it very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a p- little period where we lost momentum, but um, uh, uh, and uh, I didn't have the same fear as I've had bizarrely against sides that we've completely dominated and failed to put to the sword. Um, I didn't think they were going to score. I thought the more we were more likely to score all the way through. I just thought we were uh, uh, other than our inability to put the ball in the net. I thought we were so dominant, but. Um, uh, I think he did the usual of managing all the substitutions excellently. I thought they they all came on when when Bachalaba had to come off didn't he because he was injured. Um but even he's been playing with uh, playing through injury as well. They're all they're all in a in a, a state of disrepair in some way or another aren't they? Um it would be nice to see uh, um and, and possibly the, the the awfulness of the situation is is the man who was playing the best dec- decides that he'll give an interview three weeks previously, saying that he just doesn't want to be with the club anymore. I mean, so, Jorginho came on, you know.
0: on, just just to kind of talk about uh, Tony, Tony's made a point which I need to respond to, really, but Jorginho came on on 70 minutes, and I think it was those 10 minutes that suddenly the initiative was handed back to Liverpool, and then, as you rightly said, the last 10 minutes we dominated again, so we got our foothold back. But um, nevertheless, talk about Pulisic. You know, we've been very downhearted about him. I, I like the guy. I, I want to see him do brilliantly well. I thought he was our best player um, the season before last. Then he got injured against um, Arsenal in the FA Cup. And he, and he just hasn't really been the same player. Blah, 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 blah. Um, he scored a goal that was very Pulisic-like, I thought. And, and, and as J.K. said earlier, I thought for much of the second half, he he looked like that player again. And then you know, when the, the changes all happened, he had to go and play right wing back again. And, you know, he did all right there. I'm just wondering, really, um, if this signals a change in fortune for Pulisic, if if this is a sign that he, he might have his form back, because clearly his confidence went rocketing after he scored that goal. Uh, Dan, uh, comment on yeah. that and then whatever it was you wanted to say.
2: No, it was about Pulisic. I just think he's, he's just had so many injuries since the cup final. It's been stop, start, stop, start, stop, start confidence as you say being rock bottom he's finally had a run of games but i think he said what five six in a row now he's just showing signs of the talent he is he took that yeah, guy really really well did, chest down bang finish yeah, he missed the first chance but it happens fair play to the keeper he keep reacted very quickly to that kelleher i don't think i think he was surprised he hit I, it, I it off his think,
1: shin actually if he'd caught it properly he yeah uh, he i, have, I have just think he's, he's,
2: his pace he's got talent we've seen what he can do that, a lot of our supporters are very quick to judge. He's had a couple of bad games. We forget hamstring injury that he got was bad. That really knocks him sideways. He's had ankle injuries, he's had COVID, he's had a whole raft of unluckiness. And he's had a few games on the road. I think hopefully we'll see the best of him. So I think he's, I really like him. I think he's, He, he also has that, that
1: unfortunate thing that every time he uh, he goes on a run, he gets fouled and the referees, yeah. the referees don't give him any protection. They either That's get, a, if a free great. kick happens, if there isn't, it should be a yellow card. And uh, and frequently he's he's told to get up and there is no VAI intervention and you see it back afterwards. And it's a it was a penalty, um, I yeah. you know, but that's well, he's probably-
0: going to have yeah. to wear a few. And I mean, you know, I, I know that there was some kind of weird comparisons. Or oh, he could be the new Hazard, bloody bloody blah, 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 because it's never going to happen. But um, there are similarities. And, and if there is a similarity, it was the way that I thought Hazard, bless his little heart, was very, very brave. And he would just run with the ball, knowing that he was going to get his legs taken away from him. And it used to happen nearly 10 times every game. And it used to win us lots of free kicks, which some sometimes we exploited. And I think Pulisic has to accept, if he wants to play in England, that that's going to happen to him. He's going to have to learn to wear that, Marco, I think.
3: Yeah, I, I, think, he's, I think he knows the score. He's been here long enough now. Um, you know, he still goes down too easily, I, I think. Um, but he sort of reminds me a little bit of Hazard. Um, was a target. It was that famous game against Atletico Madrid where his his socks were shredded to ribbons? Um, so I, I think you know Pulisic has got to, you know he's got to acknowledge the fact that if he's going to be twinkle toes, um, he's going to get stepped on, and and that's just the way it is, and and he's not going to get. Any help from VAR or referees like Anthony Taylor, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I really do hope that um, he's going to be the man. Be interesting to see what happens. In you know, there's quite a lot of competition for those uh, places on on the wing, um, but he seems to be best placed, especially if he kicks on from yesterday's performance. Mm to uh maybe see off the competition because there was there was talk of him going to spain wasn't there um there's been quite a bit of talk about him going to spain so
0: Mm. well yeah indeed who who knows um we've got to kind of ride that one out throughout january but i i you know i i wish the best for him as i said if we can get that player back i mean it's interesting actually again isn't it because they they often say this don't they and you know, he had that amazing game against Liverpool where he kind of single-handedly took it to them when we lost 5-3 um, and scored a couple of brilliant goals. And that that's the player I want back. And I was kind of wondering, you know, maybe he's got memories. Oh, it's Liverpool. I always do well against them. It's quite often that happens. Uh, just very quickly before we close this part out, talk about Mendy, who, again, I thought had a superb game. I mean, you know, you'd not be surprised to know that i, I he got nominated for man of the match in our in our fannies nominations and i had a lot to do with that because i thought it, you know if it hadn't have been for for mendy we lose that game it's quite simple because he made three or four really exceptional saves the other thing i liked about his performance was he played quite well as that kind of you know last line of defense you know coming out because liverpool were trying to hit us on the counter as you knew they would and he was really wise to that and he and he kept on coming out and, and tackling them and i thought that was really smart I love the little well, not a little guy. He's a big guy. I love the big guy a lot. And of course, he's now gone to. Uh, they're playing it in Cameroon, aren't they, Dan? You, you, you kind of know about these things. They're playing Afcon in Cameroon. <laughs> I have to Google that quick. I'm amazed. I don't know. You you know everything, Dan. I'm I'm, I'm not slightly about the Afcon. I
2: think they're playing in multiple cities. Because Are they? Talk about um, riots and political unrest and so on and so forth. I'm going to slow down and try and talk while I Google no, I'll, really I'll,
1: I'll I'll talk for a little bit and then you while you're looking. All right. Uh, yeah. So, chedge. Speed it up. Has he uh, actually been? Has he actually left already? Yeah,
0: he was yeah, on. Sure. He, there was a photograph of him on the, on the same plane with uh, with Mane. Would you believe? Because they both play for Senegal, don't they? So we're going to miss him, old chap. I think we are.
2: Yeah, because I think he's, um, he's, he's uh, a step up from Kepa. He's got the height advantage, and that that Salah shot. If Kepa's in goal, I think that goes to the back of the net. I don't think That's what I said earlier.
1: One. I said that earlier, yeah. 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 No, I think I think he's uh, but, he's been keeping very well though, Kepper. Yeah, he, he's exactly. been very good indeed. Dick Kepa, very, very like good that. indeed. Much think, more confident, I, and yeah, happier. I think he'll be an able substitute actually yeah. personally. I've got great faith in him. But,
2: I think, just just digressing very slightly, a friend of mine went on a date with Kepper, and apparently he is boring as hell. He's just so boring.
0: Good, good. I don't want yeah. a flamboyant <laughs> interesting chap. Yeah. I want I want a very boring <laughs> studious be. dedicated to his craft goalkeeper mate.
2: She didn't know who he was but he had a Bentley so she thought he's probably got a bit of money. So
0: <laughs> I love it. It's not a gold digger at all mate. Not at all. Um Marco, clearly we're going to miss Mendy. He's I think been instrumental in in Mondi.
1: Mondy, sorry. Mondi. Come on. Uh, just a quick quick question. Did um... Did did he not talk about goalkeeping, Dan? Because of that, if he he's, he's a knowledge on that, surely.
2: Well, she, she thought he was a keeper, but they didn't get a
0: second oh. day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, clearly, clearly we're going to miss Mondi, Marco, because I think he's been fundamental to our defensive success pretty much since the day he joined. OK, it's all gone a bit Pete Tong recently, but there are reasons for that that are not his fault. Uh, I think he's a world class goalkeeper, and clearly you miss anybody who's world class. But I think I think Dan and J.K. are right. I think from what we've seen of Kepper recently, he looks. He I I think they've done a good rehabilitation of him. Actually, is how I would put it.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the psychology of uh, goalkeeping um, is perhaps more important than any other place. Uh, any other position on on the pitch because if a goalie's um kind of lost his confidence then uh, it just becomes jittery. there's like a sharp take of him of breath every time there's a corner or a set piece uh, or a goal mouth scramble and it and it uh, kind of got to that with um with kepper um w- when he got relieved of his duties and and unfortunately, for him, uh, um, you know whether Frank has to take some of the blame for that. Um, I don't know. Just in terms of the way the whole thing was managed, but you know, you have to give the give the kid immense credit. Um, you know, he he came here with a big big on a big transfer fee uh, with you know big reputation. He kind of usurped DDG as the number one goalie in Spain briefly. Um, and then, and then it all went kind of horribly wrong. Uh, I thought the, 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 the substitution thing for the, for the penalty shootout was, it was uh, a master stroke. Um, but yeah, you know, He's got, he's got what an opportunity he's got to uh, really announce to the world. Look at me, I'm back. And if it's a shop window thing for him, because I'm sure he doesn't want to play second fiddle to, you know, M- Mendy's. Mendy's not young, but he's not old in the goalkeeper stakes. And I, I don't, I don't see any. Re- I know when Mendy was first signed, there was talk about signing, trying to sign Donna Rummer, but obviously that's not going to happen. Um, I I think Mendy's Chelsea's number one for for a good few years yet. So I don't really think Keppa wants to um, sit around for the next five years, um, you know, picking up scraps of games. Uh, So this is really an opportunity for him to, in really high profile games, to, to show what he can do. And fingers crossed he does just that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to increase his value now because obviously 17 million now, we'd be lucky to get 20 million for him. Exactly. I think part of the problem was he, he had a good first season under Sarri. He, did, he made some great saves. And under Frank, you know, bless him, defensively, we were shocking for a lot of games. Yes, he made mistakes, but quite often he was totally exposed by defence yeah, and didn't exactly. have much of a chance to save them. I mean, as you know, the, you remember like the Sheffield United mistake and a few others, Liverpool at home when he gave it straight to Mane. He did make mistakes, but... Didn't have a, you know, an organized defense makes a huge difference to a goalkeeper,
0: yeah.
2: And if he can have what was he got, if um, they go most of the way deep into the tournament, he'd be playing till the end of January, won't he? Maybe early Feb yeah. Depending how well these boys do. So, yeah. listen, I've got you know. Just don't if he gets injured, you are fucked because Marcus Bettinelli's not played football for about three
0: years. Oh my god, that's a that's yeah. a very valid point. Or if he gets COVID, for example, you know it could yeah. happen, couldn't it? Um Anyway, I'm just going to wrap this part up. I'm going to read you this by by Thomas Tuchel because those of you who fondly remember my genius Thomas Tuchel song that goes along to the uh Craftwork model song, but uh, and I know uh, there are people who who have been tweeting me saying they've been trying to get it going. Uh, in the uh, in in the in the Matthew Harding and other places of the ground, and I love you for doing that and trying. and and I think you tagged in Walter Otten, who is we all know is a great songsmith for Chelsea, and he he was saying, ah, oh, you're brilliant as well, but you see, it's the kind of thing that you've got to do on a European away in a bar or 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 or, or a pub or something, or on a, on a train or whatever, you get it going like that, and he's right, of course, it's very very hard to get new songs going uh in a, in the ground unless there's a lot of you doing it at the same time but there you go well done anyway where i was i yes my song for tukul that i decided about almost a year ago now it said that it you know uh, it, it took it took 16 recoveries ball recoveries to blow his mind right so bear that in mind when i read you this he was very <laughs> excited about this he says given the circumstances and where we come from How we played was exceptional. We had 22 high ball recoveries and chances in transition. Uh, We could have been more clinical to create more. Coming back from 2-0 was immense and there were no worries except the result was a brilliant match of football. So Tommy T was very happy because we had 22 high ball recoveries and they did blow his mind. Now, the other thing is um, crisis hit club Chelsea uh, are currently in second position in the league as a result of that. We're still one point ahead of the Scousers. Uh, sadly we're also 10 points behind city which is ominous at this stage of the season but you know uh, as marco would say i'm happy are you happy marco yes
3: yes <laughs> we, as we know I, I you know if this is the season we win the fa cup i'll be very happy with that yeah exactly um, you know good luck to manchester city um be an interesting game actually up there cuz I, I think I think Tuchel can sort of play with the break off a little bit up there. If they, well, squad and team he can put out permitting, um, but you know if if they go out to the, if they go up there and just try and do some kind of damage limitation exercise, they could probably get taken apart. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it'd be interesting.
0: They should go for it. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with but, you. I think it's all
3: about these three games of Tottenham now, though, isn't Well,
0: it? indeed, it is. Well, we'll be talking about the first one of those in a minute, but before we get to all that, we've got part three coming up where we've got the uh, Fannies, some brilliant Discord questions and emails and also a discussion about a certain Romelu Lukaku. Boo! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV?
1: Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jij?
0: Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's thirty-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box.
1: Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy,
3: and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. F-
0: Football F- Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, I am joined as ever by the wonderful Jonathan Kidd.
1: Lovely to be here.
0: The excellent uh, Marco Worrell. Buonasera. Buonasera, and the delightful Mr. Dan Silver.
2: Good evening, all.
0: Good to see you, chaps, as it always, always is. Now, um, we have a bit of lighthearted relief now, I think, before we get into more serious stuff, because it's time for the results. Uh, Can I hear a sting anywhere? Yeah, I, I recall the deal was I'd fix YouTube and you would do a sting.
1: Writing it down.
0: There will be a sting coming for the fannies, written by the genius that is Jonathan Kidd very soon. Anyway, yeah. So we, as always, we've got the man of the match, uh, the salary moment, and the Guinness moment. They've all been, by and large, nominated by the lovely people that um, that frequent our Discord channel, and you know we've got little channels in there of Guinness moments. Uh, salary moments of man of the match. And the minute the match is finished, they're all in there nominating and their reasons why I absolutely love them for it because it doesn't all save me a ton of work apart from anything else. Anyway, for the man of the match, the nominations are a certain Ngolo Kante, Matteo Kovacic, and uh, Eduard Mondi. Uh, Jonathan, who would you have voted for? Conte. Conte. Dan? Oh,
2: God. Yeah, Kovacic just on balance because of the goal and the bits of skills right at the beginning of the match when he was just like taking the piss out of Liverpool players. I love that. Right at the last couple of minutes when he was like trapping the ball in the air and then turning and beating people on the floor, making um, Fabino eat dirt. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Good. Yeah. Marco? I'm going for COVID
3: because it was a game changer.
0: Mm. Well, Marco. As I'm not surprised, as you are sitting in third position in the Prem predictions uh, table, you know about these things, and uh, I can tell you that in uh, third place was Maundy with five percent. Uh, second place was Conte with eleven percent, and a whopping eighty-four percent. Wow! So, yeah, wow. and this is this is almost a thousand votes. So you know, there's a lot of people out there who, who got involved in this one. Yeah. So Kovacic, I, I'm I'm kind of agree. I mean, I was very tempted to vote for Conte because I thought he was outstanding, but I think I think Kovacic, as Marco said, I mean, that goal was a game changer, but it was just something. He was like a man possessed yesterday, so I think he very much deserved it. So well done, Kovacic. Well done for you lot for voting for him. Uh, the next is the uh, celery moment, which, of course, just to remind the hard of thinking, is a moment of comedy on or off the pitch or something that happens in the game that we would deem to be proper Chelsea. So... The selections then, or the nominations, were, as a result, Thomas Tuchel's second, or the, his goal celebration for the second goal, where he went absolutely apeshit, which I just loved. It was funny and proper chills. There was a bit that somebody caught, and they posted up there, which was just hilarious. And I think this was after one of the VAR stupidities. I can't remember which one now. Somebody will tell me. But at Tuchel just went absolutely mental at the uh, referee's assistant. And he basically said, Just shut the fuck up and we all go home. And he just had another temper tantrum. And it was just hilarious. Dan?
2: That was the when they did the VAR check on the Kovacic goal.
0: That's right. He knew it was one of them, yeah. Yeah. But he just said, shut the fuck up and we all go home. I just thought it was brilliant. Uh, And then the last one was kind of my one, uh, which was really just Chelsea's fight back. As Marco was saying earlier on in part one, whilst we all thought we might be on the end of a humping when we went 2-0 down some of us who are a bit longer in the tooth have been around a while and have seen Chelsea come back from stupid situations like that the 4-2 in 90 uh, 97 being a, a classic example and uh, and there we go so th- i think when 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 you know when when, when our backs are against the wall and we're up against it chelsea that quite frequently uh, find something to fight back you know i I, th- I think we're a we're a club that does well when we're a bit like a cornered rat so there we go. So Chelsea's fight back got in there as a nomination. And uh,
1: which did you vote for, JK? Excuse me. Well, actually, I'd like to have added the one that you obviously didn't see, which was the, when Alonso followed the ball into the crowd and Tuchel went completely berserk, but standing on the spot and uh, lifting his legs up in the air like a kind of sort of demented frog. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, I laughed. I laughed. I thought, oh, that's a perfect scenery moment. But um uh, uh, in this instance, it would be Tuchel's second goal um, celebration because I couldn't see the shut the fuck up and let's go home because I was at the match. and uh, But I did actually see um, the goal celebration and I thought it was uh, um, it was fantastic and a fantastic celery moment.
0: Good on you. Dan? Well,
2: celebrations, it was great. It's just proper. And then there's a picture later on that Tuchel actually sweated through his puffer as well. Someone, there's a picture of him like, with sweat marks underneath his puffer. So guys, that guy's sweating a lot through, like, a T-shirt and a puffer.
0: He's not so, like Prince Andrew, then?
2: No, no, two, two cool celebrations.
0: Like it. Okay, Marco?
3: I'm going to have to go for the fight back because I couldn't get a good view of the other two. I didn't hear one and I didn't get a good view of the other, so exactly. I... Um, yeah i will go with the
0: fight no, back. I, I, that was the one I chose anyway so i'm I'm very happy with that I did actually vote for well I'll tell you what the results are the second goal celebration got fourteen percent the fight back thirty percent and the shut the fuck up and let's go home got fifty six percent so Whoa. yeah i'm glad I'm glad there's a lot of people out there like me who've got a good sense of humor and liked that one <clears throat> last but by no means least we've got the uh, Guinness moment which was you know the trouble is you see most people vote for goals i'm going to have to stop i'm gonna have to stop nominating goals I reckon yeah
1: you must you must
0: but that means there has to be moments I have to remember them you see and I'm getting too old to remember them and you need to work harder discord people stop nominating goals and start nominating moments because we only have one moment which was just And I mean here's the thing I, I mean we said this the other week JK there are moments in a game when some player does something and the entire stadium audibly goes <gasps> you know you actually you feel it you know inside the stadium there's a reaction to it those are the kind of things that should be nominated as uh as as, uh, guinness moments but as it happens the nominations were the Pulisic goal i think the whole thing was a brilliant goal so well worked uh the Kovacic goal i mean having said what i've just said if you're ever going to nominate a goal as a Guinness moment, I think the Kovacic goal is, because ju- you don't see that every week. That's, that was, And I, I went mental when that hit the back of the net at home. And the other one was one I, I saw immediately and said, that's a Guinness moment. And there was a really long ball pumped forward to Kovacic, and he just trapped it on his instep in one move and then passed it. And I just thought, wow, wow, wow. That was a thing of beauty. It was very sexually arousing for me. Anyway, um, JK, what are you going to go for?
1: Well, I actually went for the uh, the Otiago Silva moment where he just um, looked and yeah. nonchalantly played a, a 50-yard ball uh, into the corner. Is that of... where
0: he kind of got the ball, was being approached by a Liverpool player, just nonchalantly turned the other way in one move? Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. I, I yes. nominated that myself, but it didn't make the cut. Uh,
1: but it I'm was afraid I, I went, oh. Yeah, oh, I, did. Oh. I did, I did. Um, but uh, the Kovacic trap had the same... Reaction. I thought it was completely brilliant, uh, an utterly brilliant moment. And I thought, oh, that would be a Guinness moment if it weren't for the fact that Kovacic's goal had been so absolutely superb. So I'd have to uh, go with Kovacic's goal. But I do think it's the easy way out goals, even though I have to say that was
0: it was a world, absolutely
1: if. A world if. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, was. Yeah.
0: Marco. Yes, sir. I can boogie.
3: <laughs> sad, sad, sad that one of those ladies passed away
0: over Christmas. Really, I didn't know that.
1: Bakera, Back, Bakera baby.
0: Oh wow, I didn't know that. So okay, Kovacic's goal, the trap that he kind of did that I talked about, or Pulisic's goal. What would you have voted for? I've got to go for kova's goal. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, Dan. Goal. Yeah, Just yeah, a thing of beauty. Yeah, I mean, we all went for the goal, and I, I can understand that. So, whatever I said a minute ago, I'm clearly a blatant hypocrite. Um, and as you'll be not surprised to find out, six percent voted for Pulisic's goal, thirteen percent for Kovacic's trap, eighty-one percent said Kovacic's goal was basically gave them a stiffy. So there you go. Uh, I can't argue with that. Right now, uh, we've I think got you some... go
1: further than that, judge. I think there would be ejaculation. A little
0: bit of we yeah. came out. Yeah, Yeah, something like we, anyway. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, we got some great questions from Discord this week as well. And the first from Daryl Middleditch, and he says, now this is brilliant, because I've not been there, as I was explaining for a while, so Marco and the the lads here can help with this. But Daryl says, what is with the announcement stroke music guy? Playing Oasis songs and only 10 seconds of Liquidator at best, they seem to determine to drive any tradition out of the club. Does anybody know what's going on with that?
1: Um, th- they're deliberately attempting to stop the We Hate Tottenham.
0: Why is that, is that a fact?
1: No, I'm just I'm just making
0: yeah. it up. I, see, you, I mean, you, for real, right? Or you just you are making that up?
1: No, I'm making it up. I've right. no idea. You don't know. I'm pleased. I'm pleased that that's happening.
0: We hey, hate Tottenham, Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, at least it's a can I,
1: right. a Stephen
2: Joe's song, wasn't it? On some, Sunday, oh god, <laughs> well, at least it's Liverpool.
1: It's true. It's true. Yes, it is relevant. Yes, it is relevant to the team, isn't it, really? Yeah, Yeah. just is. I'm always critical of the uh, United fans, you know, singing, uh, you know, you could have won the cup, but you fucked it up. Viva John Terry. And yet here we are singing songs that are, you know, I'd rather they the the one advantage of it is that good old Denver Bar will uh, will always be involved in a song. Well, for the next few years. Um, but uh, hasn't been remembered for having the most telescopic legs of any Chelsea striker. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, it's just he's part of a song and people don't really remember what he was like as a player. He was a decent player with Denver Bar, wasn't he? He was
2: very um,
1: decent. Yeah. Very good player indeed. I just wanted to say, um, th- I feel there's a slight uh, problem with the, with the all the fannies in that you're nominating stuff that precludes people who are actually at the games. I think you're, you're a it dis- a discriminates. No, that's
0: not, not, not entirely true because there are people who are in the Discord group, like me usually, who are at the games and will nominate what they want. So I'm not, I'm not buying that.
1: Yeah, but they can't see what the others are seeing. 'Cause you well, can't it's, no it's
0: a democracy and if they nominate it and I like it, it gets in. And you know, you can nominate whether you're at the ground or not.
1: But could we not have two lots of fannies? No. Could we not have no. at the ground no. fanny? No and no, uh, no. And not at the ground. No, fanny.
0: because the show's already two and a half fucking hours long, mate. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. but it'll
1: make two lots two lots of uh of awards wouldn't it which would be fun it doesn't matter anyway because you always
0: you always talk about what you would have nominated anyway so it's, it doesn't really make any difference
1: <laughs> yeah i'm just being a, a anyway,
0: back to the discord question um i'm with daryl on this i mean you know liquidator has been part of our tradition for donkey's years and okay yeah. so there are some muppets that sing we hate tottenham but
1: no, nearly everybody sings it now. but it's
0: part of the bloody tradition of the club and you know I don't care if people sing. I do care, because I like the liquidator as it should be, but I don't care that people don't like Tottenham at all. But I do have a massive problem with is, is Chelsea playing Oasis songs. Yes, we're not, Max. Fuck off with that. There's a whole... Marco will tell you as well. There's a whole back catalogue of... Proper Chelsea bands and musicians. We should if, when you know, when I t- when come the revolution, when I'm the bloody dictator in charge, you will only ever hear Chelsea songs Madness, Blur, Depeche Mode, the Sex Pistols, the Clash Theme
1: No, no, no. Hey Hey, kiss him goodbye. Maybe
0: not that one. The members you know, that's it. There'll be a moratorium. There'll be no Manx, no, no, you know, no supporters of other clubs' songs. Nah,
1: na na nah, 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 nah. Hey, hey, hey. Anyway, th- th- I think I
0: think the answer, Daryl, is none of us know why. But I think maybe we should just collectively all write to the club and complain because this is. Bring, clear-
2: Dan, bring back Carl. That's what I say. Bring back Carl. Carl, the old DJ at Stamford Bridge.
0: Uh, well, write to the supporters' trust. We'll take it up on your behalf and yeah. hit him over the head with a Chelsea brick.
2: Probably, actually, you know what it is. Guy Lawrence has to pay, like, royalty fees so he won't pay the
0: full song. Well, he's going to have to pay a royalty on the Oasis is one as well. Anyway. um, All right. So the next question is uh, Mr. Stick. Stick! Stick! Stick!
2: Stick! Stick!
0: Right. He says, this is is right up your alley, Jonathan. He says, who are the worst uh, uh, Premier League refs for Chelsea? I ask after a disaster class from Mike Dean and would suggest the obvious. And uh, Anthony Taylor this weekend.
1: Well, Tierney the other day was absolutely appalling. They're all terrible. They're all uh, awful. There's not one good one. Oliver, it seems to be dicing with idiocy. So uh, uh, they're all... um, Atkinson's dreadful because he's too old. He tries hard. You can see he's trying his best. But he's uh, he's the main thing. I mean, my complaint all the time is that they're not up with the game. They make uh, decisions from 40 yards away. They don't rely on the linesman. Um, VAR now is just a kind of... Um, going on the side of not making them look stupid and they they they're going for this oh it's an on-field decision even though they've got the on-field decision wrong so i think we're we're we're, we're moving back into um, the awfulness of pre of pre-var actually um, uh, and and you, you always think a new one's going to come in and be good like this chap Kavanagh came in and he's as he, he him, and, him, and him together with Tierney the other day gave all those ridiculous non VAR decisions. They're just, they're just absolutely crap at their jobs. It's yeah. just, I mean, um, so, and the other one, of course, Mariner struts about and never, and, and it's this whole business of anybody's wasting time, particularly a goalkeeper. Mariner loves the fact that they're wasting time because it allows him to stroll back to the center circle without having to, to run. He doesn't want to run. Any opportunity just to jog. And you think, if you're jogging, you're not fit enough. Get rid of them. So they're all, lots of them are physically past their sell-by date and mentally, because if they're physically losing it, they're going to be mentally losing it because they're not on the ball enough. They've got to rely on the linesmen. They don't. The linesmen are so worried about getting off sides right that they're just not concentrating on anything else on the pitch. Then if they do see something, they're too scared because the man in the middle is there is a boss. And is years ahead of them. And the example the other day of Dean making absurd decisions and VAR not checking them because it was Dean because he's the head of the the referees setup is just you know speaks volumes for the awfulness of something that has just um, it's just become an absolute joke. And and they've got no. What I hate is the fact they there should be a body that they, they have to, um, that, that takes responsibility for them and they have to debate decisions with. The fact that this never happens, there's no involvement from anybody or supporters or anything, there's no, there's no questioning, there's no transparency, means they can do what the fuck they like.
0: Now, just a quick question, JK. How long have you been a qualified referee for? <laughs> uh,
1: since... 879.
0: 79 so that's what about 42 43 years yeah okay so because paul paul i can't really respond to it much because obviously we can't hear from paul although i'd love to i'm shame he didn't come over i was supposed to be seeing him over christmas but uh, mr crowderville he said i'd love to come on the show and talk refereeing i've been doing it for 20 years and it was just such insane and ridiculous rants that are completely out of order it's made out of complete ignorance I don't know. Anyway, yeah, but so so yeah. But Paul Jonathan's been doing it for twenty years longer than anyway. Whatever. I'm not going to get into that one. Um, I mean, I think we could all make a list, couldn't we? And Top of my, I think they're all equally bad. So Mike Dean, Martin Atkinson. Can I just say
1: about Paul for a second. Does he actually think that that we've all? I don't got it know.
0: I, I I I can't understand because I'm losing a bit in translation because I'm reading off Mixler. So.
1: Oh, OK, I'm just bemused that he appears to be the only person. I don't know, because
0: and that's the problem. I can't understand it because it's on Mixler. It's, you need to be talking to the person. That's that's my point, really.
1: Oh, OK, OK. But, you know, look, trust me, he is because he called me an arsehole during the week and said that I was an ignorant twat. So I. Oh, that's
0: quite that's quite polite for Paul.
1: Is it good? good. So, <laughs> anyway, I just, can I get I back? On, to the can show? Just say quickly. I was on the impression that we debate these things with with the fancast. Yeah, but you can't. You, can't, you can't. don't go can't, for abuse. You, you know? can't.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Right. But as I said, we can't get into a debate because it's on Mixler and they're just writing stuff. And it,
1: it, you know, five minutes later, yeah, a I'm, I'm, writing is writing. It's the same abuse. Sorry.
0: Right. List. My list would be Martin Atkinson. Well, Mike Dean would be the head of it, obviously. Uh, Taylor's pretty close to that. Atkinson uh Cavanaugh friend i mean they're all fucking rubbish anyway i'm moving on uh i've got one for you from Kenroy right remember kenroy jk Ooh, yeah jk yeah. he said jk you're a complete twat no he doesn't he didn't say that he says uh jk have we underachieved in the league in the roman era uh man city will likely have six premier league titles at the end of the season that's since 2012 that's 10 years we have only five since 2005. That's 17 years. In that time, Man United had also, have also won five in seven years. Our five in 17 years
1: seems rubbish in comparison. Well, yes, because we haven't had as much money invested in us. Um, he's, he's, he gave into fair play, didn't he? Financial fair play. I don't think he had trying, much choice, to, really. Indeed, to fi- fi- balance the books. And after the initial splurge, where w- w- what a surprise we we actually managed to win several troph- several league titles, which we have never done before. Um, it's kind of settled down to uh, the person with the most money, and they've also got the best manager, supposedly. But I think we're now in a very good position to um, uh, to perhaps redress the balance. Um, but they've still they're, they're backed by a small country. They seem to have an ability yeah, get to get really around right. financial fair play rules in a way that we we don't. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and he's a fantastic manager, but as I say, we have a fantastic manager. It's just a question of, of from um, uh, what his particular philosophy is. As we know, he's very keen to keep this group of players together. I mean, I'm even doubting whether we will purchase anybody to uh, to cover the left and right back, um, uh, the wing back situation. Which we presume that he'll buy somebody because of the the lack of wing backs because of the injuries. But he's he's very keen on keeping the 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 team spirit together and doesn't want to inject anybody in who might disrupt it this is why i think the lukaku business is so um desperate for for the club Uh, and uh but yeah i think that's a that that's a it's a very good point yes we are underachievers we thought we should actually have uh of one more but um i think that was down also to uh, implosion of managers i think mourinho was Utterly self-destructive. I think Conte could have won its second season. He just dis- he destroyed the uh, he destroyed the team. He became toxic, um, uh, and then they made some some managerial choices that in between that weren't quite the right ones. It's it's a combination of players and management. We always managed to keep winning trophies, but not the not the specifically uh, the marathon that is the the champ the uh, the league title.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting point, isn't it? I I think we would have won more titles had we not, you know, done our boom and bust thing by getting rid of managers or our managers being idiots or whatever. I mean, what would have interested me, Marco, is if we'd have kept Carlo for longer, if longer than we had, for example. I think we would have won a few more under him.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I looking back, uh, it's always interesting when you see questions like this because you kind of look at um the the just the the sheer turnover of uh managers that we've had in 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 the seven years of the the, the the roman era um it's actually more than that isn't it um but yeah so you know i i would argue long and hard that chelsea winning the double that season is vastly overlooked um, in terms of achievements, when people are considering the, the highlights of um, you know the, the last twenty years or so, um, and, and I thought Carlo was absolutely superb. I thought the football we played that season was brilliant. As a man, um, and, and this is just borne out everywhere he goes, you know, he, he's just kind of got that simpatico uh, attitude. Um, and he's a winner, he you know, he proved himself as a, as a player. Uh, he's just a great guy. Um, and it, you know, that really, really fucked me off when he got sacked. Um, after that Everton game, um, you know, I mean, it was just ludicrous, really. Uh, and if he'd, he'd if he'd been given a bit of latitude to manage, I'm, I'm sure, um, we would have won uh, more league titles and quite probably the Champions League. But we don't want to do it that way, do we? We want to keep churning the managers and uh, have a bit of glorious unpredictability and do it the Chelsea way. So it's the way it is. That's the Marco, way we roll.
1: Do you think Tuchel's days are numbered then, Marco? Uh,
3: no, I don't think his days are numbered, but let's be realistic. Um you know, I've 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 given up on on the dreams of having a manager who will stay and build a dynasty. <laughs> um, you know, it's just pointless to have that dream. It's kind of like enjoy it while it lasts. You know, I mean, clearly Tuchel is is uh, maybe uh, you know right up there on a par. I think with um, with Guardiola, I don't. You know, Klopp, I mean, people like him or loathe him, but, you know, I, I think you got to admire what the fella does. Um, and, and I think, you know, what we saw yesterday um, was a team that clearly believe in their manager and were playing for the manager and probably thinking, you know, he's had a bit of a the shit end of the stick just in terms of um, having to cope with COVID and injuries. Um, and, you know, the Lukaku thing, so let's go out and play for the guy. And, you know, that's that's important. So couple that with um, having a bit of tactical now, and in-game management and all those good things. And you'd sort of love to see Tuchel still be in charge in, in five years' time, you know, when we've won back-to-back Premier Leagues and other Champions League. But it won't happen that way. And we, we were actually saying yesterday at 2-0 down, um I, well, It wasn't me. One of the lads said, oh, "I can see JT being in temporary charge by by April if this carries on."
2: Just, just very quick point. Arguably, City have been the most settled side in the last six, seven years with Guardiola. Whereas United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham have all been kind of chopping changes managers. So it makes a huge statement that if you're a settled side you're going to be a lot more successful. You know, they've had Pep for how long it's had. They've bought well. Yes, they're funded by a country, but they have been the most settled club in the Premier League in the last six, seven years, which goes a long way to describe why they've yeah. won all those titles.
0: Yeah, I think, and also at a time, I mean, when we were, when when Mourinho and, and, well, Roman took over, then Mourinho came in, you know, Arsenal was still a very good side. Man United was still a very good side. So it was a three-horse race, whereas Really, it's only in the last couple of years that of have, of have, uh, have, um, City had any real competition in Liverpool, and hopefully now this year with us as well, Dan.
2: Yeah. And for me, the most frustrating thing is we're the first club to have serious investment, and because we're a boss case of club. We haven't kicked on. We could have had, we could and should have had at least three or four Champions Leagues. We
0: had a lot of bad football. luck as well, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moscow, the Barcelona yeah. semi, oh, yeah, the yeah, Liverpool yeah. semi. There's th- yeah. Another three we could have had.
2: Yeah, exactly. Bad luck and bad, bad decision making because you know the, the trigger finger we've had for a policy for a long time. But then we've won two Champions Leagues, five titles, yeah. five FA Cups, League Cups. You know, thank God we're not Spurs. More than
0: you know. I, more than I ever dreamed possible, Dan. And yeah, no doubt you. Now, last one is from the lovely Annaban on Discord, and this is one for you two particularly. And I'm not ignoring you, J.K. It's just that uh they, they... To, be no, Happy no. to be ignored. But it's just that you'll understand why I'm asking these two when I read the question out. Anaban says, How did the safe standing influence our support yesterday? Dan
2: Well, um that's a really tough question. Um, I I d I don't know. I mean the atmosphere was rocking, but then was that down to the fact that people were standing? Was down to the fact that we were just trying to stick two things up to everybody else. Everybody always well.
1: stands. I don't know what this fuss is about. Yeah,
2: he's got a good point. I mean, people have stood for, OK, we could legally stand now. I, I don't know. I'd like to see what it's like against Chesterfield when it's safe standing. You know, Liverpool at home, 2-0 down. Can we
0: do it on a cold night against Chesterfield?
2: Yeah, 2-0 down. We get two goals in three minutes. The game's 2-2. We've had some bad decisions. That's always going to you know get the crowd up and running, regardless of where we're standing or not. I so think I think it- we need to kind of maybe come circle back to that in three months' time to
1: give a really yeah. accurate answer. I think it's all a load of bollocks. I'm sorry. I, I think it's, it's great that we're now allowed to stand, but the, nobody was telling us not to stand. We went through that period where people were being ejected for standing, and then everybody gave sit up. Down! So, sit down! Yeah, sit down. That, sit yeah but up. that actually
0: that actually helped the atmosphere, because then everybody around would go, stand up if you hate Tottenham, stand yes, up, so and everybody stood true. up, and the stewards yeah. couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah, unless you were me, and I just yeah, uh, but they
0: don't they, they don't have that kind of behaviour in the East Middle, J.K.
1: Indeed, indeed. But
0: um, I think I think you boys make a good point there, and just to kind of clarify this for Anibam, the the trust, for example, have held up. In fact, actually, look, everybody who's been backing safe standing have often held up the idea of you will get a better atmosphere of all standing, and that that's true because it's a lot easier to make a lot more noise and be a bit more animated when you're standing than it is if you're sitting in your seat and having to get up whenever it gets very exciting. But the real reasoning behind people saying safe standing will improve the atmosphere at grounds is the hope that with safe standing areas, the ticket prices will go down and more you know, younger supporters will be encouraged in a res- as a result. And they, they like getting all mental and standing up and all the rest of it. But the point that Jonathan, Jonathan and, and uh, Dan make is that you know, in the in the in the noisier parts of the stadium, everybody stands up anyway. So, in that kind of context, it, I doubt it would have made any difference. Marco, you got a thought on that one? Uh, I
3: think for the people that are in the safe standing areas, who obviously want to stand up um, throughout a game and and give it large, I think it's brilliant. Uh, do, does it make a, a big difference? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's great for those people who who have got what they want. Um, did it did it make the atmosphere better yesterday? I, I, I couldn't honestly say. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know some people who are, who are in the shed and they thought it was brilliant. So I think that's brilliant that they thought it was brilliant. Um, you know, do, would I want to? stand up throughout a game. <laughs> I mean you do it at away games, don't you? So um I, I'm not so sure. I mean uh, I, I
0: often stand up at the back of gate 17.
3: Yeah I mean you know I, I I think it's a what I think is I think it's a good thing because you know it's been a long time coming and and you know the emphasis on is on the word safe uh and it's people grouped together. Who want to stand safely and and sing, and that's good, you know. Um, I, I just think it's a, it's a good it's a positive thing. So, um, but I, I, I'm not sure it influences anything.
0: Mm. Fair point. Right, we've got some email. I hope that answered your question, everybody. Uh, right, emails, emails. Right, we got we got one from got one from CJD for JK sounds like it's in code. Are they called SEED? I don't know. Just sign CJD. SEED. Okay. Kreutzfeld jakob disease. It is, yeah. Kreutz, Kreutzfeld jakob disease. I don't think that... It's from Munich, anyway. You got it?
1: Uh, it's not for me. It's for you, actually, Judge. No, it doesn't matter. You read it out. I'm reading one to Yes, but I didn't make this error. So, But I'll read it nonetheless, okay?
0: It was the first email out of the hat, and you always get the first email.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. But you said can this. I, can bit, I make a point after you finish reading this email? Because it's of quite course, interesting. Indeed, I will. In, uh, I will allow you to. Sorry. Yes. Of course, you may. Um, uh, Dear Dave Chidgey, you see, this is already bad because it started by giving you your not Chidge. It's your whole name. You know. You know. This is going to be critical, don't you? Immediately.
0: I, I did get. I get. I got that impression immediately, and you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. 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 Lee Marvin did not sing, sorry, Lee Marvin, I can't say it to that, sorry, that's um, not fair. Lee Marvin did not sing Three Whales on My Wagon, as you've said in the last two podcasts. It was the new Christie Minstrels. The song never appeared in Paint Your Wagon and was a standalone pop song from 1961. Love the podcast, never miss it.
0: I <laughs> hope I'm fucked for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. In- other other than that I other than
0: it. that it's all great other yeah. than that
1: other than you're that, a complete knob but i still up. love the yeah, podcast absolutely you could have saved you
0: yourself up. a lot of trouble with that one cj yeah yeah no i CJ stand i stand did. corrected mate what can i say i've been i've Munich. been
3: schooled Munich. but, but is interesting what is interesting is the segue from that email to this I was born under a Chelsea <laughs> shed. shed. Exactly. I was born under a Chelsea shed. Knives are made for stabbing, guns are made to shoot. If you come under the Chelsea shed, we'll all stick in the boot. I was born under a Chelsea shed. Now, the significance of that, is that <laughs> is that... Lee Marvin sang Wandering Star, which did come from the musical Paint Your Wagon. And uh, I think was at the top of the charts around the time that Chelsea progressed to the 1970 FA Cup final. And here's a little quiz for you. J.K., you might know the answer to this. Which, Which song did... Which Beatles song did Wandering Star by Lee Marvin keep off the top of the charts?
0: You are mute.
1: Hey Jude. No. Uh summary. Let it be. Correct.
0: Oh, very good. Very good. Oh. Very good, JK. Anyway, Mr. CJD, sorry, CJ, that's all I need to say, really, isn't it? Sorry, CJ, I'll leave it at that. Anybody who there will be people out there who know what I'm talking about, right, Joe? You know, I
1: suggest a, 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 an enormous round of applause for Marco's brilliant back. Yeah, yeah, here here
3: Super, here Superb song. If 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 the, if the listeners are interested, there there is a, a full uh, book full of the origin of many old Chelsea songs in in a book written by myself and. The astute Walter Ottom entitled Carefree Chelsea Chance
1: and Paris Culture. Sorry, this is where I come up with the Ooh, it's a corner, Ooh, it's a corner.
0: (laughs) Never made the cut, mate.
1: And the other one, um, uh, Set them alight, Set them alight. We're the ones to set them alight, Chelsea. As well
3: that's halfway,
0: halfway, <laughs> halfway line, line. yes <laughs> okie dokie well all right brilliant, brilliant I, as brilliant, i said brilliant. i shall i shall leave that with a sorry cj uh anyway uh brilliant. we've got a lovely email from los barnes here who's he a stanford Judge sir jonathan of kid and the steam guests
1: Ooh, i'm lord kid now according to yeah, well, lordson okay.
0: yeah exactly I, I want to pinpoint a real issue That has plagued us, defending set pieces and crosses for too long now. Latest example is Brighton, but it appears again and again. Rudy, who is so aggressive with his head in the opposition's end, I, I could have read that in a very different way, but I'm glad I read it like that, is poor and clearly didn't even jump against his man. List off our winning of defensive corners that don't hit first man and who do you trust to clearly head a ball out? Reese, not great, not tall. Uh, Christensen's soft as butter silver not as dominant as the rest of his game is trevo is a work in progress rudy is not great uh, chili and alonso are not good defenders of headers count how often cross crosses cause panic in our box all these players have other qualities but my worry is Koundé is on the short side sar's the same i don't think sar's that short anyway maybe we need a different type we need a van dyke type imposing aerial centre half to fill this weakness. Too many late goals, panic on crosses and I think a hole that costs us dearly. Maybe Xavier Mboyamba at six foot five will be that guy, but we may need to buy one till he is ready. Interested to hear your thoughts. Cheers and up Chelsea Loz. Dan
2: point is how many goals have we there from sent pieces this season? Do anyone know? No. Yeah, because that might be relevant. Yes people put crosses in, but I know Lukaku's so on Grata but he was good at defending. We haven't let many. I don't think we let many set piece goals mm. in this season. So maybe that's slightly a a moot point. I mean, Silva reads the game very well. Um, Seeing, I can't. I don't know. I mean, I just can't think of many guys we're letting from set pieces from corners. Maybe you could say Mendy could command his box a little bit better. Possibly come for more balls.
0: I think he's pretty good uh, at that. Yeah, I, I, I think
2: that's a bit of. I don't think we're that. I'm not that worried about set pieces. To be
0: fair, yeah, fair just enough. Just my opinion. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Anybody else want to offer anything on that, or should we go to the next email, J.K.?
1: Well, we see we have been a little bit vulnerable to that one that appears to be whipped across from any foul that's given away just outside the penalty area on the angle of the uh, of the the box. Um, but it, it, they normally they're very good Premier League um, players in Forever Team, whipping those things in. So it's a it, it's a very difficult ball to deal with. Um, and we just seem to uh, we've it's frequently been the only attack the opponent has had and they've scored from it but that's down to the profligacy of, uh, of our attack unfortunately mm. anyway this is from James U. hello long time listener first time emailer there are too many games COVID-19 is still around and too many injuries I hate the current atmosphere around the Premier League it's clear that other big European leagues care about their footballers but Premier League does not Current footballers are much bigger with muscles and ligaments with much more on their plates compared to footballers of the past. Anyone playing football manager in FIFA should clearly see all the fatigue and footballers not being able to play every single fixture in their saves. It drives me nuts to see former footballers and idiots on Twitter mocking and criticising current footballers and managers asking for help. What is it going to take? Messi, Salah, Ronaldo, Grealish... Any of those guys getting seriously injured, Ericsson collapsing wasn't enough. Not even a Burnley footballer getting serious injured due to Covid or muscle tears would convince Deich. Pep said there should be a strike for players' rights. I would definitely support it. Since Chelsea are suffering due to the injuries and Covid and financial fair play isn't in play, I really hope Roman spends big in the next two transfer windows to create another shit show against all those haters. I discovered the show around the beginning of Covid. I can't always listen live, but I make sure to listen to the podcast. I love all the banter, great journo guests and knowledgeable opposition views. I bought the top 10 of everything Chelsea, the best of the blues from Azpilicueta to Zola. After listening to the special podcast, Great Read, up the Chelsea. James Y, London, Ontario. Great stuff. Great, great, great um, overseas listener and lovely mail. Terrific.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that as well. I, I mean, the the reality is, as we all know very well, boys, isn't it? That it's down to the greed and the Premier League. Really, they treat uh, they treat uh, footballers like uh, you know slabs of meat. Really, but uh, it's it's very interesting because I, I said this the other week. They had a bit of a ding dong with Kerry the other week. You said, "Oh, I should shut up and man up." You know, we played every week. But I mean, the reality is, is that a the game is very different now in some respects, but actually I think the biggest difference is the fact that they now know more, the medical departments know more about what's happening to the players physiologically than they did in Kerry's day. Because, I mean, you know, he he makes a good point in the fact that the game hasn't changed that much per se, but what we know about the impact on our bodies has definitely changed. And, uh, you know, for example, in Kerry's day, if you complain, they just shove a steroid injection in your knee and say, don't worry, you won't be able to walk when you're 60. You know, but it's very different now. So I think they're far more. I mean, this is what you can see how edgy Klopp and Tuchel are, for example, at the moment because they are fully aware of the impact that it's having on these players and the resulting, uh, you know, soft muscle tissue injuries that are that are arising as a result. And there's no doubt about that. And boys, want to come in on that, or are you happy to move on? I didn't you know that Pep had said so there that so that so 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 should be so a, that so so a
1: strike. I didn't know Pepper said there should be a strike for players' right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. kind of. Oh, yeah, oh, I
0: agree with
1: you. Dan? No, no comment. No comment, I like
2: that. No comment, yeah. That's,
0: that's your only comment on the matter? No comment. Yeah.
2: I don't agree with JK. So. No
0: comment. <laughs> yeah,
2: no comment. No
0: fighting either.
2: If I speak, I'm in big trouble.
0: <laughs> right, okay, last one uh, for me, from Kenroy again. He says, uh, for you again, he lo- I think you've got a fanboy here, mate. Jesus, hi all JK, in honour of Captain Asby's 10th season with us, can you name your three favourite Chelsea captains of all time, thanks Kenroy
1: Um, uh, Terry Venables Uh, I I have to say, I've never been a big fan of captaincy I don't think it really has a huge amount of influence on certain Chelsea sides, I think they've all been particularly in the the successful sides of the seventies. I think they were all such characters. You didn't really need to have a, a skipper though, uh, um, uh, Ron Harris obviously had, had a, uh, a position winning the FA cup for the first time. Um, but, uh, Venables was fun because he was always getting at the refs all the time and he felt he could do it because he was skipper. Um, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, Colin Pates was a good manager, a good manager, good, um, captain wasn't he um uh, but I like the way he played I don't know it's very tricky I've never really uh, as I say I've never really been impressed by skippers I mean JT was was a, a wonderful player and got behind the team so perhaps he was the, he was the best I've ever seen and he did seem to have a relevance um am uh, sorry
2: why is he well, yeah.
1: why yeah why is he indeed yeah why he was great but um he frequently didn't play did he because he was suspended most of the time I think kicking people up in the air. Um uh oof, god i don't know i have never really i've never really paid much attention to it I he, thought...
0: he's he's pleading the fabio capello response uh,
1: yeah joke, i, I just... am i am yeah. i think i mean all right aspi aspi's been a great captain yeah. because he's a great representative for the club and he lifted the 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 uh, the champions league trophy but i never got the the feeling he was a wonderfully inspirational captain i thought it was all done by um d- player discussion i'm mean, trying to think are we talking about somebody who would would grab the players by their bootstraps and say, come on, we can do this. Um, uh, Yeah, I suppose in the end I'll say Wise, Terry and Venables. There you go. Sorry it took so long to get there. That's
0: all right, that's all right. Boys, do you want to pile in on that one, Marco? Uh,
3: Pates went up to lift the members. (laughs) do love a bit of Patesy. I'll chuck him into any conversation about captains um but yeah I, I sort of yeah I, I just I, I think every, there's always a, a discussion to be had isn't there when when Chelsea's heads drop and it's where where's the new John Terry you know we need that leader that legend that captain on the pitch uh, that persona um maybe it maybe it's diluted a bit in the modern game but Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've had, I don't know, you sort of look at John Terry and what he achieved as captain of the club and what he represented in terms of, um, his persona doing, doing that role, fulfilling that role. And it kind of, I don't know, it set a benchmark, didn't it? Somebody's going to be the Chelsea captain from now on or from when jt hung up his boots forever will be compared with you know jt who you know probably learned learn learn his trade watching marcel desai um skipper in chelsea now and then and playing alongside him mm. I, I i don't know I, w- I wouldn't get too hung. i don't get hung up on it mm.
2: dan uh dennis wise for me john terry I don't know. Um, it's difficult because so those are two major captains in my lifetime that achieve stuff and, you know, won stuff and kind of, you know, you sort of make a difference You know, that proper, like, clenched fists in the rain and the just passion that we really need. I mean, Grant Roberts was, wasn't a bad captain for a couple of years. Forget that. I know he's Spurs, but he got us promoted. Had that year, you know, good season for us. Um, SIE captain for a bit, wasn't he, as well? Yeah, we've had some we've had some captains, but for me, two are uh, JT and uh, Dennis Wise. Mm. Struggles find a third just in my oh. my lifetime.
0: I'm amazed that none none of you have come up with. I mean, one of them. That I, I mean, okay, i not go with the whole lifetime thing. I mean, I would have I would have put Ray Wilkins in there, the youngest captain, and uh, nobody's mentioned Chopper, who until the likes. I of,
1: did. I mentioned him. You did I you? I him. do
0: apologize. I do apologize. Uh, but nobody mentioned Ray Wilkins, and so I will mention him. Well done, uh, well done, Justin. You, Justin. Well done, Kenroy. You, you've managed to get two things in today. Right, we, we're not going to get into the Lukaku discussions very quickly. I'm going to read this. This was this came from Insta, so I have to squint my eyes to read the small print. But it says, "Lads, apologies, as I can't find the email address. So I'm going to drop a long message here. I've been listening for a couple of. This is from Tom uh, Kamaski, by the way." I've been listening for a couple of years now and really found myself disagreeing with too many opinions, but I was really disappointed to hear the response to Lukaku's comments on yesterday's pod. This is when we did one on Thursday. To be fair, I think a lot of further quotes have emerged today, but there seemed to be a consensus that Lukaku was within his rights to be questioning Tuchel's tactics. You were all aware that the comments were made three weeks ago when we were top of the league, so apparently it's deemed acceptable for one spoilt brat of a player to publicly question the wisdom of his manager's tactics that just won the club the Champions League and at that point in time had us top of the table. Uh, further quotes have emerged today showing that the mercenary bastard is only at Chelsea because Inter wouldn't offer him a new contract and the true elite clubs wouldn't have him. The wanker should never pull on a shirt again. I'll be at the game on Sunday, and if he is in the stadium in any capacity, I'll be making my feelings known. We have an absolute gem of a manager who I hope, perhaps naively, to see stay for a very long time, and this kind of behaviour from what is supposed uh, to be a senior player is exactly the sort of carry-on which has seen us uh, lose top managers in the past. The likes of Pulisic, Havertz, Werner and Mount have been played out of position more often than not, and not heard one peep of discontent out of them lukako is a disgrace and i would hope that following the full emergence of that interview that the reaction of the gang will be altered accordingly now very quickly i i actually messaged um tom back to say well i agree with a lot of what you say but i completely disagree with what you said about what our reaction was because we didn't really have a reaction because the news broke as we were on air and we asked adam newson about it and all we found out really was a it had come been released three three weeks ago and uh I think we saw a message from uh, from Dean, didn't we, that to confirm that, and that's that's all. We, we didn't really know much about it, and I'm not prepared to go off half cock at stuff that we don't know anything about. I leave that to other podcasts. And I had a nice chat with Tom, by the way, and he accepted that that actually he was a bit harsh on us, but uh, but there you go. Anyway, we've got another big one to read out on this, which is which is slightly different, I think. Jk.
1: Is that all we're going to discuss no, about the? No,
0: no, 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 hell no.
1: Okay. Okay. Dear Chij, J.K. and esteemed guests, happy 2022 to all. I hope this email finds everyone present in good health and good spirits. I'd like to start what will inevitably devolve into a rant that's probably only worth the catharsis it'll provide by saying this situation with Lukaku is salvageable, but it shouldn't be swept under the rug for the sake of convenience. Like many of you, the club, Lukaku's representatives, and indeed half the footballing world, I was quite shocked when I read the final transcript of Fabrizio's interview. After reading the first round of quotes that were translated and circulated, my initial reaction was disappointment rather than anger. He'd questioned the manager's tactics publicly and acted disrespectfully and unprofessionally. It was the 28-year-old supposed leader of men, sidelined by injury and lucky enough to have a manager that didn't impulsively rush him back into the starting 11 and risk re-injury, acting out like a petulant teenager. Yes, there'd been some issues determining the best way to use him prior to getting injured most stylistically and in terms of the most suitable players to accompany him up front. But as his recent discussions with Tuchel and his goal-scoring form in subsequent matches evidence, this could be improved with proper closed-door discussions with the manager. So Rom did, in fact, do the right thing, the mature thing but only after doing the unprofessional thing and knowingly undermining the system and the manager that that had won us the Champions League the season prior prior to his arrival. The situation was far from ideal, but I went to sleep in the wee hours of the Australian (laughs) AM thinking this was the worst of it. I woke up to his love letter to Milan, the city, the fans, the former manager, the strike partner that could launch a thousand ships. He professed his love everlasting and his continued appreciation for Inter. It's a club he will always, times six, watch and keep in touch with. Now, as insensitive and thoughtless as it might be to sing the praises of an ex when you're newly wed with a child on its way, there's nothing innately wrong with Lukaku appreciating what he had or wanting to repair the relationship with Inter fans given that he left on less than amicable terms. But this wasn't just that. What followed showed that we were an afterthought, a consolation prize, since the real European giants didn't come calling and Inter didn't want to renew his contract due to financial considerations. If he'd had his way, he wouldn't be in London and wouldn't be wearing blue. This is what hurt me the most, personally, as it signified the end of admittedly romantic an, an admittedly romantic narrative about Romelu coming home. I wanted him to be here, to be one of us, to choose us. If I'm being objective, I can see that perhaps I'm being unreasonable. We loaned him to Everton. We sold him after a successful loan period. We didn't push as hard as United to reclaim him. It's not fair to expect him to love us in the same way he does Inter. What I do expect, however, is adherence to certain standards of respect and professionalism whilst he's under contract. We paid £97 for him. We, the current champions, the real fucking giants of Europe, Made him our record signing. Four months into his very lucrative contract, two of which he spent injured, he's setting up his own interviews, talking about returning to Inter Milan while still in his prime. You stay in Milan, Lotaro. I will be back there, he says, smiling. This, for me, is really the worst part of the interview and the aspect that explains, even if it doesn't necessarily justify, the type of reception he'll receive from some Chelsea fans whenever Tuchel deems to start him. Personally, I think he should be excluded from our game against the Scousers tomorrow he was as this kind of conduct shouldn't go unpunished he set up this debacle of an interview ostensibly to reconnect with inter fans but all he's done is alienate himself from a significant portion of his current fan base and fail to repair things with his former one i believe he needs to work on repairing the damage he's caused before he's privileged enough to wear our shirt again on game day chelsea needs to send a message that publicly disrespecting a manager and the club is unacceptable No one is above the law. All the best, Chris. P.S. It should go without saying, but any so-called fan that uses Rom's behaviour as an excuse to racially abuse him on any forum or in the stadium should be punished to the full extent that that medium allows.
0: Two very different, but I think very good, uh, you know, emails in their own way, I think kind of lay out what's been going on, but it's really got under a lot of people's skin. Um, I mean, if I can break it down a little bit as follows, I mean, I think it, it, it it's very much, for me, uh, the difference is between what Lukaku actually said, which, you know, they're only really words, as opposed to what he did. I find what he did far more appalling than what he said. But that's just my opinion. I mean, I, I really want to hear from what you boys have to say. Just stick your hand up rather than talk all at once. But uh, who wants to kick it off? Oh. Dan! Damn. I
2: think it was stupid, it was naive. He went without talking to his agent. His agent would have managed this mm. situation so much better. Um, I get a point he wants to make his peace with the Milan fans. It's, listen, Sky will sit on this for three weeks. They could have released his interview three weeks ago. So there's a, a, a portion of blame to the people who held it well, back a huge for so portion long of blame. As an agenda,
1: an agenda, not a portion of blame, an agenda.
2: Okay, fine agenda, yeah. You know, twenty five play Liverpool.
1: Yeah, stupid. Exactly, exactly. He
2: went without his agent's blessing, without a club's blessing. If that was properly managed by an agent, he wouldn't have had such ridiculous um uh furore. He didn't he didn't cut us off ever. He didn't say, Oh Chelsea shit, I don't want to be there. He, that's people forget that. All the quotes were kind of fed to really <laughs> stoke the fire. And as Graham sooner said, Listen, Lukaku started this fire, he's the one who can put it out. By all accounts, he's now apologised to his teammates and Tuchel. Cool. We can't let this destabilise our season. We've so much to play for. He was wrong, he was stupid. The only way he can make his peace with the fans is by scoring goals, what he's brought to do. Nick won against Spurs on Wednesday, Nick two against Spurs on Wednesday, then, you know. And we keep forgetting, Didier Drogba, his first two or three seasons, well before his legacy was cast, wanted to go back to Marseille. Eden Hazard was, quote, trying to get moved to Madrid for three, four years. Thibaut Quartal wanted to go back to Madrid. They were very public about what they wanted to do. They haven't got as much stick as Lukaku. Now, obviously, there's other players hasn't particularly had some gravitas to kind of get rid of it. Lukaku's been here for six months, missed half through injury, only scored a few goals, has been disappointing, but he's a Chelsea player, he's made a mistake, comes to a point where you're like, do we become completely to destabilise the season and then just, you know, shit the bed? Or do we say, right, you know what, Ron go and score some goals, share us what you're about, share us your sorry, Because that's the only way he can really, you know, any apologies now is going to be disingenuous and probably not legitimate because it's come so, you know, four days off the event. He needs to go out there, play his best football, listen to two goals, score some goals. Then that's going to be, you know, his kind of, you know, way back to, you know, being respected again.
1: The, the, the difference is, of course, that Courtois and Hazard, uh, who wanted to leave, uh, weren't, um, playing for the champions of Europe, I think our status... Oh, that's relevant, J.K. It's
2: <laughs> relevant. They were playing for they were for a top top. premier. No, still they were very top to top.
1: One of one of the reasons cited was they wanted European glory. Yeah, but, and yeah, that's yeah. why they because they thought they weren't going to get it with with Chelsea. This yeah, now I, I think
2: the reasons it, they were talking were relevant. They caught him moves away from Chelsea. No, no, I, I, none I, of them I ever ever. No, I,
1: I agree with that. What I'm saying is that this actually makes this even makes it stupid. This makes this not only. Um, uh, insidious, but stupid, because yeah. um, because he's the type of manager that can change it. But also the timing of this—he he must have been aware that he'd made this. Obviously, he was away, made the interview, and and he thought it would have gone out then. The very fact that he then plays um, several matches where he's man of the match and appears to be the system appears to be suiting him perfectly. Um,
2: uh, you look at the um, goal Villa. That Villa when he just wonderful,
1: completely wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And actually, that, I, th- I think the header was wonderful. Massively... Toby, he's the timing of this was absolutely ridiculous. He did it. Was, it he did it in it a period Italian. where he was unfit. He wasn't actually the the team weren't playing as well as they could, but mainly he wasn't playing as well as he could because he was coming back from COVID yeah. and 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 injury. So the the stupidity of doing this is is what makes me just just That's angry, i just didn't realise he was so thick.
2: That's why you have an agent who's gonna guide you and help you and make sure you don't make C mistakes. He ignored so, him. Yeah, he never never he never coated Chelsea off, he never coated the club off, he never cut the fans off. He just said that he had a massive love affair of Milan. Really? I get that. People are allowed to have love affairs with other clubs. It's, we're not exclusively got to be massive Chelsea fans. So I've got no issue with that. What he said, timing, stupidity and ridiculous, and we need just to come say, with our, draw lines underneath it.
1: Are we sure it was the the agent said no? Yeah, I was told. He, that. Yeah, he was, but he's represented by uh, an agent that has you know pop singers in it, and it's a setup. It's no. not a, it's, it's the, the, but no, but no. But my point about it is, is the agent not therefore looking for another percentage by getting himself well, very, on?
0: very possibly? But apparently, his agent told him not to do it, but he went against his advice. And my my issue with this, as I said, it's not so much what he said, it's what he did. And the reality is, you know, the press. Uh, Interactions between uh, the players and journalists are managed very, very carefully by Chelsea and a very good director of communications that they have there, and Steve, Steve Atkins. But uh, he basically didn't tell anybody he was going to do this. He did this all off his own bat. He invited the the Sky Sports Italy into his home to do it uh, with his own agenda, and it and you know even if if what he said wasn't too bad, it was just an appalling thing to do you don't do that and this is what they've all been saying and i mean marco watching the you know i was able to be at home watching what Soonas and jimmy floyd hasselbank said about it right after the game and even you know sooners made a really excellent point he said look you know this this guy he's not a kid he's not 19 this is not naive he's 29 this guy knows should know better and i mean it makes me and jimmy jimmy floyd hasselbank, I've now bloody lost the oh here we go I can't remember. I can't remember what Jimmy F- F- Floyd Hasselbank said. I mean, I happened to be flicking through Facebook earlier, and I saw the quote, which was just absolutely brilliant. But Jimmy was basically saying that he spit his dummy out, and you just don't do that. That's the point. You, if you're going to say things like this, you, you, what? For me, he's either incredibly arrogant or a complete coward. If you've got a problem with your boss or the, or or your work, you go and talk to them. You don't go and then bitch about them publicly to the media. That's for me the greatest thing that he's done, Marco.
3: Yeah, I, do you know what? In, in all of this, um, I think the word stupid... Um, Stupido! It, well, it, it, it's just like, I don't know, why is it... You know, I, I sort of made this point when it broke. Why is everyone surprised? Why? You know... This just happens all the time, the timing. Um, but you know, we, we, we've heard it all before, and I, you know, it's almost like um, you could kind of see the way the journalists sort of seized on this as an opportunity to, um, you know, get, get to a crisis club Chelsea headline as quickly as possible. Um, from that angle and that's why Lukaku's been Lukaku's been stupid in terms of what he's done but you know I, I don't care you know he's going to apologise and if he scores, and I've just tweeted this and if he scores the winner in each of Chelsea's next three goals the games against Spurs then everybody will be singing Romelu Romelu Lukaku again um, you know he, he you know he, the guy's an oaf um, he's an oath for what he's done, but they, they all do it. They all do it. You so there's no loyalty
0: it, in football apart from, no, from us.
3: They are all yeah. mercenaries. You know, the only, the only loyal people are the supporters. You might get, you know, a, a clutch of players who, for whom, you know, the, the, the club is in their blood, um, you know, especially some of those young kids who've come through the academy I mean, I know Mason Mount's a Pompey fan, but, you know, they're, they're, those kids have got Chelsea in their blood and it means more to them playing for Chelsea than um, than Romelu Lukaku. But, I, I, you know, they're, they're just overpaid prima donnas, a lot of them. And I, and I just think the overreaction um, to, to the Lukaku thing has is, is, is been extraordinary. You know? And all that nonsense where the kids on Twitter are putting... Red crosses on his face, and some kid m- messaged me saying, I-, I hope you're going to boo will you boo Lukaku um the way you booed Jorginho? <laughs> you know, um, you didn't boo I you didn't boo Jorginho. Oh, no, no, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I-, I don't care. I go to football to be entertained, and if Lukaku wants to behave like a twatish prima donna and make it all about him great but he has to score twice as many goals um as he would do normally and let you know and everybody's kind of lost sight of the fact that when he came on as a second half sub against villa he looked world class he changed that game and he was also leading the line and and the bloody defense against brighton so yeah poor timing he's been an idiot He's going to apologise, and he knows what he's got to do. And, and and the the only way he'll get absolution is doing what he's paid to do, which is score you know goals, and, and and that's it. As far as I'm concerned, if he doesn't score goals, then he deserves all the pelters that are going to get coming his way for being an, an idiot. Didier hmm. Drogba,
2: 2007. I want to leave broken Chelsea. He was he arguably greatest ever striker who got that goal in Munich, winning penalty. He was courting for a long time to go back to Marseille. He wasn't happy. Didn't like the Premier League. Dog, you know, what, Lukaku gets a winning goal in the Champions League final in May. Is he still a twat? Nah. Listen, mm-hmm. he was. Bottom line is, he was stupid, misguided, idiotic, thick footballer syndrome. He's still a Chelsea player until that point. You got, you got to get behind him. You know, maybe you know he's he he'll build bridges by scoring goals. Apologies now now futile because it's it's way too late for that yeah. he should come out on thursday or friday on his instagram and said i'm really sorry we're now 96 well, hours past that point he needs to score goals and stop being a fucking dickhead
0: but this is the point isn't it because i i, I mean he's supposedly a very intelligent guy he speaks five languages he spoke italian very well in his interview but you know he can't be that bright if he thinks that doing that interview was going to air. i mean if if you if you take him at his word and it was like to to apologize to the Inter fans because Inter fans, because the inter, in, uh, the emotional attachment he has to them that didn't work because they told him to fuck off after doing the interview you know we we don't I can't we, we, we don't want players who leave when it rains we need players who stay when there's a storm is something like whatever that is in Italian they don't want him back um, or he's trying to angle for a move back there because he doesn't like playing in the Premier League um, well Inter can't afford to buy him back. So that's not going to happen. Uh, so he can't be that bright. And of course, Chelsea aren't going to let him go. You know, we spent 100 million quid on this guy. They're not going to want to lose on that, in, you know, on that investment. No, no,
3: no. let's face it. He's not Nobody. going
0: anywhere, is he?
3: Nobody's going to buy him. No. Nobody, you know, it's, it's like a Kepa situation where, you know, if you pay 70 million, you know, the, the Kepa transfer fee, 97 million pounds on Romelu Lukaku. He's, he's going to play. He's going to score. He's going to do what he was doing. And, you know, he scored goals. He was good in those games when he came back. You know, he's he's Belgian. I've got nothing against the Belgians, um, but it just seems to be that, you know, any Belgian player, when, he, when he's got a bit of time off, decides to go and hold court with the press and talk about their dreams. You know, we had, we had Courtois and Hazard you know, I mean, obviously, Drogba is a bit further back in, in in the past, but you know, De Bruyne is the same. Um, it's I don't know, it's just must be something
0: in there. It's that golden generation. I think they basically like like the smell of their own farts, Marco.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Jk. Final question on this before we we move on. Um, do you think Tuchel? I mean, by the way, I, I I have to say I think Tuchel has played an absolute blinder here, and I'll go into that in a bit more. But do you think he was right to to drop him yesterday?
1: It made a very bold statement didn't it doing that uh, um, and he was on a hiding to nothing as a consequence but uh, he was vindicated can't say that um, Havertz played badly Havertz is a bit rough and ready because he's been injured and been uh, and had COVID um, but the team played out of their skin so the team backed him I think he was unbelievably wise to Uh, to consult the players before he made a decision. He didn't keep it to himself. So uh, I was surprised because I thought he'd have put him on the bench and and possibly uh, let him come on later. Um, But on reflection, uh, he clearly, um, he he talked about it as being noise. But I think, um, I don't think initially he was aware of what uh, Lukaku had actually said. And when he when he read the transcript of the interview, I think it made more of an impact on him and he felt a bit betrayed. So I think he thought, well, I'm not dealing with this till next week. And they'd had the meeting today, didn't they? To discuss what what not a question, what his future would be, because Lukaku uh, is unlikely to have said, I don't want to play for the club anymore. But the club are unlikely to have said you can't play for the club anymore. They've got to try and meet halfway. But uh, we don't know to what extent uh, He's burnt his bridges. What happens if he says, I don't want to play for the club anymore and downs tools? Well, so be it. They've got to get rid of him. I don't know what the situation, we don't know what the situation is today, but I think ultimately he made exactly the right decision to uh, uh, because he was vindicated by the team's performance because they were absolutely behind him.
0: Well, what what I like particularly about, about what Tuchel has done, I mean, he was very measured when he spoke to the press, but, you know, what Tuchel is all about, what we've seen so far from him in his man management at this club, he's all about the group. He's all about the
1: team. He keeps talking about even bringing yeah. a transfer in. He's very anti doing yeah. it. He's all the spirit of the group.
0: All about the group, and I think that's probably what he was most hurt by—the fact that. That Lukaku shat on the group and on the team, and I believe Tuchel when he says, "Look, I, I don't, I'm not. This, is, I don't take this personally. I'm not angry personally, but I'm, I'm basically disappointed and saddened for the group, and I believe that, and I think that's why they've rallied around him. I'm really also very encouraged to see that he, he also included some of the senior players
1: in the discussion. Yeah, he, he debated with them. Yeah. With, yeah,
0: yeah, He's an inclusive manager, and he's not stubborn and well I mean, that's what, and I think that point that he made is, that I had no idea that Lukaku was unhappy." In other words, the inference there is that if he was unhappy, he could have come to talk to me any time he wanted because my door is open. And I mean, we know that there's a, a a track record or a history of Chelsea managers who, like Mourinho, just basically, if he didn't like you, he wouldn't talk to you. they just blank you. Well, as, is, with
1: Con- as with Conte. He as decided, with Conte. He, he wanted nothing to do with Matic. As so with was, Sarri.
0: As with yeah. Sarri. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think Tuchel's like that. He's all about the collective, about the group. He's a very, very, very self-aware and clever man. And I think he's played a blinder here. But also,
1: from a PR point of view, it was very clever of him to actually say, to admit, to say, I've consulted with the players because that, that reveals that he is that type of man. So it's a double thing. It's good that he consulted, but also the fact he revealed that then means that uh, um, the, the, the people's view of him is that he is this kind of man. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's double-edged. He worked it well. Yeah. So
0: uh, Dan, you wanted to come in. Sorry, I, I I wanted to say that, so I jumped on.
2: Yeah, on. just I think, think Lukaku, everyone's got to see that he's, he's, he's got to become like a legend. So we don't have to love him. We don't have to think he's a legend. We just, he's just got to put a shift in every time he plays. You know, he, he's he's got to earn the the love from the supporters. Now, you know, he was he was he hasn't set the world a lot since he's joined us. He barely kicked a ball first and angered his first spell. The highlight of him was missing that penalty in the. Uh, well, he, super he, cup. He,
0: this is the good point. He you know this is, he has a track record. That's why I said, is he arrogant or a coward or both? He ran away the first time because. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he ran away because he, he couldn't, out. he couldn't, he couldn't face the competition, and he missed a Super Cup final penalty. Yeah. Tammy Abraham missed a Super Cup final uh, penalty and went on to be the top scorer of that season. Yeah. That's I the difference guy, Car- in character, Dan.
2: Kaku's Car- problem is his ego is way better
0: than his talent. Exactly that I was going to say, and he was also very arrogant because he he decided to leave as well because he felt that he was better than Didier Drogba. And uh, I think Eto came in that season as well, which he clearly wasn't.
2: I think, Look, listen, I understand why fans are angry. I just think the fact is he's he's got to earn our respect. We don't have to love him. We don't have to think he's a hero. He's just got to put in a shift every time he pulls on that shirt. He's got to build bridges with fans. Anyway, he builds bridges by scoring goals and shutting his stupid mouth.
0: Yeah. Well, you know you know it always behoves me to say at the end of discussions about this is that you know frankly like Tuchel saying it's about the group we all know as supporters that there's no one player that's bigger than the club and if they get a bit too billy billy big bollocks then they can fuck off frankly because you know what we'll be here after you've gone there will be better players that come players that come to this club after you've gone so in the in the in the huge annals of Chelsea's history you will be but a small blip And my final comment is that I'm reminded of Churchill, who used to flip-flop between being a Liberal MP and a Conservative MP. And as he famously said once, anyone can rat once, it takes a real rat to rat twice. And I shall leave it at that. Uh, Right, we're going to come back in a minute after a very quick break and we're going to quickly go through the preview of the Spurs match on Wednesday.
1: fans real
3: opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast up the
1: chelsea football
0: welcome back this is stanford chidge and of course it's the chelsea fancast with jk and marco and dan with me tonight uh, and we're going to have a very quick look at the uh the semi final first leg of the caribou Cup on Wednesday against bitter arch rivals uh spurs I've done a very quick, completely no bloody idea team selection j k basically I've gone on what worked the yesterday, but I have no idea for all I know, he might rest everybody who knows, but I've gone Kepper that's the easiest one to pick of found the only easy one to pick was that Kepper will be in goal. Uh, then Rudiger, Silver, Aspilicueta, Alonzo, Kovacic, Kante, Hudson, and Doy as the right wing back. Not Pulisic, but he could put Pulisic there, and then Pulisic, Havertz, or and Mount up front. But I mean, really, mate, I have no idea what he's going to do. Does he want to win it? You know, because it's a semi final, or does he just say fuck it because we're screwed? I don't know.
1: I don't think he cared much about the Brentford game and was very fortunate with the. Uh... Yeah, but that
0: was Brentford. And I it was the quarter final. This is Spurs, yeah.
1: who he dare yeah, not lose to,
0: and the semi final.
1: Yeah, I think Ziyech will get a game. Just because he hasn't.
0: And you I like think... flirting with him?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, no, you like flirting No, you
0: with... like flirting with him.
1: Uh, you flirting,
0: I, with, I, him. I'm flirting yeah. with him. I think,
3: <laughs> I think he'll go balls out because we've got Chesterfield at the weekend in the cup. So if he's gonna play a second string team, he'll he'll play it in that game. In my, in my opinion,
0: yeah, but that would be more sensible too. I mean, they're National League after all, so you know, they're in the fifth tier of English football. So, so it'll uh, be that
1: side then because Chalabar's injured, isn't he? Yeah, so, he's
0: out, obviously. Yeah,
1: it'll be that side then. I think you've been spot on. Chid. Well, we, we spot sh- on. Time spot will on, tell, Jay. other than the flirtation with Zayek, you were spot on. Uh,
0: Danny Boy, I think
2: that we've got a very easy. On Saturday means he can go a very strong team to play Spurs. You know we've got two legs, so it's not going to be unless we get hammered, which hopefully won't happen. We've got two chances to, to get through to Wembley. I think he'll play a strong side, and then he'll rest players for for the, um, the Chesterfield match. You, you would have thought, you know, four or five regular first teams, plus some kids should have enough to beat Chesterfield on the weekend. You would have you would have hoped. Well, so I think I don't know yeah. Kepa and goal. Maybe we'll
1: see. Um, is, Vail, is Harvey Vale fallback? No, no. It's Simon's who's the fullback. Simon's, oh, is Simons the right yeah, wing maybe back. Maybe yeah. Simon's might play.
2: We'll see. I mean, it's apparently Spurs have got a couple of COVID cases as well, so we're not sure who they might have out as well. So, well, this I is... think
1: personally, you'll play Barkley and uh, Saul in midfield tomorrow yeah. uh, on Wednesday.
2: Yeah. No, I think he, he won't. I think you'll play them against um, Chesterfield. I think you'll put. Okay. I think you'll probably play Kante and Kovačić again. I'm
1: hedging my bets here.
0: Yeah, he'll pick 11 players. I just <laughs> <laughs> well. That's a great, great prediction, Dan. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I mean, what's interesting about this is that there's there. I mean, apart from the obvious history we have with Spurs, there's a fascinating fact that I, I called up. Uh, oh, by the way, just a quick tease because we're going to be previewing the Chesterfield match on Friday. My go-to place, as you all know, is Flash Score, which is a great betting app who do great previews of these games. And when I looked at their head-to-head preview for Chelsea-Chesterfield, they said no, the, none, none existed, none found. They were lying. That's all I'm going to tell you. There was a reveal on Friday. But when I looked at it for the, for the uh, Chelsea-Spurs, because I've decided to just go to the League Cup, and what an interesting history you have with Spurs and the League Cup. 71-72, semi-final. Uh, which we won uh, courtesy of winning at home uh, 3-2. Uh, and uh, Holland, Alan,
1: Alan Hudson scored.
0: No, no. Hollins, Garland and Osgood scored at home, and then we drew two all over there, Absolutely. Garland and Hudson. That's right. In uh, 91, uh, we uh, we beat them again in the quarterfinal. Uh, remember this so well, all of us here do, when uh, Wisey, Dixon and Townsend scored up there to beat them 3-0. Remember that one, boys? Yes, Friday night was it? I think it might yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Then we then we lost to Sunderland, didn't we? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, Don't mention. Sorry, yeah. sorry, 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 Kelvin. I know if you're listening, Clive that's... Walker fans on the pitch. I know, oh, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I... please. We please, thought we were
1: going to win it that year. It's uh, all come flooding back, you bastard.
0: And I remember this one vividly, actually, because this is uh, when we played them in another semi-final in 2002, uh, where Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Uh, Scored two great goals against them, only for Les Ferdinand to get one late on, and then they, they walloped us five-one at the Lane, uh, and I think Hasselbank got sent off when it should have been somebody else. Yeah, Melchiot. Melchiot, wasn't it? And, and, and they did uh, Zenden, didn't they? Tariqo. Sherwood
2: took out Zenden yeah. really early on. The horrendous tackle should be in red cards. Yeah.
0: So we got absolutely, yeah. we got, we got robbed blind that night, uh, and then of course we lost them in the final in 2008. Let's not talk about that. Uh, and then we beat them again in 2015 in the final. We got our revenge. Terry scoring a great goal, Costa scoring one, Mourinho got another trophy. And then we played them in another semifinal in 2019 and we beat them on penalties, having lost 1-0 there. Kante and Hazard scored for us in the 2-1 win at home. But then we went to penalties and, of course, we lost on penalties Uh 2020. Werner having scored a great goal, but we lost on penalty. So I just thought that was interesting. We've seemed to have played them a lot in quarterfinals or semi-finals and even finals. So there we go. So it's all going to happen again on Wednesday. How do you think it's going to go, JK? Uh,
1: depends on the selection. Um, I think it'll be a draw. 0-0, 1-1, 2-2, 3-3? 2-2. Uh, two-
0: Dan, what about you, mate? I
2: think we'll win 2-1.
0: It won't be over. I've got a really strong feeling that it'll be left tantalisingly open and frustratingly so.
3: Marco? Yeah, I I, I just think um, this game probably means more to Conte than it does to Tuchel. Um, And that is my biggest concern. Uh, so his team selection will be very interesting, I think. Um, still
2: Tottenham, Marco.
3: Still Tottenham. Okay. Eh? It's still
2: Tottenham, Marco. It's still, it Tottenham. Is still
3: Tottenham, and it will go all Spursy. But I've got a feeling this one's going to go all the way, and it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up in a bloody penalty shootout up at their place. Um, all the better I'll- to win it
0: on penalties up there, then Marco. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah, I, I I don't know. I I just think I think this is definitely going to be all down to the team selections. So um, you know, trying to second guess that's pretty tough. Uh, so yeah, uh, tight, a very tight game. I don't, uh, it's not going to be like yesterday. That that's for sure.
0: Uh, no, I don't. I don't see that happening at all. I mean, they they've got from what we know. Uh, will not play Bergwin, Romero and Sessignon. Uh but other than that I don't know. And as you said, there's so much Covid flying around that could make an impact. I think I totally agree with you. I think mean, Conte I mean Conte will be desperate to be the first Tottenham manager since Juan de Ramos to win a trophy. So I I can see him really wanting to win this and of course he want to he'd want to beat us pretty desperately too. I don't think he's set the world alight with them yet. I mean they made really hard work of beating a pretty average Watford team, let's face it. They drew away to Southampton, you know. I mean they did do well in in drawing to Liverpool 2-2 at home and they beat West Ham who were kind of on a bit of a downward spiral I think and suffering from covid. It's very hard to read form at the moment because everybody's in the same boat about covid and injuries. But I I don't think he he's made them look quite organised and they you know they look like they're not going to let many goals in but I don't think he's really done a lot to unlock them you know with his magic wing backs and I think if you looked at our best side and Tottenham's best side we're absolutely yards ahead of them but as yeah. we said go on Dan.
2: Yeah I and mean, they got a draw against 10-man Southampton and took a 96-minute way to beat Watford exactly. so they're not you know yes they're unbeaten they're not setting the world a lot and to- team need, needs players so, you this, know, this
0: team needs Lukaku is what he kept yeah. saying in fact
2: well give us Kane and Son you can have him yeah,
0: exactly that so it's all a bit of a quandary really we don't really know um, I didn't give a prediction did I I mean JK went for a draw Dan went for a 2-1 Chelsea 2-1 win. Marco went for a 2-1 what tomorrow yeah.
3: on, on Wednesday yeah I think it's going to be a draw. You
0: reckon a draw too? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. We do like drawing at home, so I wouldn't be surprised at that. As I said, all I will say is I think it will not be resolved on Wednesday and it'll still be all to play for uh, the week later. Anyway, uh, we've got to go because we've kind of outstood our welcome by then some. I blame Lukaku, frankly. God damn him. If it hadn't been for Lukaku, I could have been in bed by now. Anyway, (laughs) uh, right, that is what we've got time for this week. Uh, J.K. and I'll be back on Friday for the Chelsea Fancast Preview Show with Mark Meehan, the lovely Mark Meehan, and Sam Enkasol from Football.London. And we'll obviously be looking back at the Spurs match and we'll be looking ahead to the third round of the FA Cup where Chelsea take on the National League's Chesterfield, a.k.a. the Spirites. I can tell you I have secured a Chesterfield fan for the opposition view, J.K. Brilliant. He is very excited to come on. Not quite as excited as I am to have him on. The first thing he said to me was, I've got to talk about 1997. And I said, that's exactly what we all said when we got you out of the hat, mate. So there you go. David Ellery. That's right. That's right. So there you go. So looking forward to that. Uh, So do join us on Friday at seven o'clock as always. And then for a podcast afterwards, Uh, don't forget that to us and Dean, uh, Dean Mears is... Went to Mo Kings Meadow are available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify and all sorts of other podcast distributors as well. Uh, There'll be one out for Dean for Went to Mo Kings Meadow very soon when I put it up. Uh, Massive thank you. Love you. You're all brilliant. Uh, You're all much better than Romelu Lukaku for all of the people who uh, uh, bung some money to the Patreon account every month. Love you to pieces. If you want to do the same, go to Patreon.com forward slash Fancast. And uh, I will give you a Kerry Dixon mini banner for your trouble and admit you to our wonderful Discord group. And, uh, and by the way, you now will get uh, posted to the Patreon page all of JK's fan bites. Woo! Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusive. Well, it's not really because I put them on the Discord group too. But that's what YouTube has enabled me to do, JK. If only I'd have fixed it earlier.
1: And our numbers have gone down. Uh, sh- don't tell everybody that.
0: It's true, though. I should have done no, kept on doing nothing forever and they'll just keep going up and people hope that there might be something on there, but there we go. Uh, thank you to everybody who's emailed in. The address to email us is chelseafancast at gmail.com, but you can send us a message on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you like, and I'll try and read them out. You can follow us, of course, on all the social media platforms, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17, Marco Dan at Sil 73 So there you go. Marco, absolutely delightful to see you, my boy. Great to see you all, fellows. Yeah. Great to see you all. Looking good, my friend. Good to see you, Danny Boy. Great always form as always.
2: Always a pleasure. Hope I
0: see you back at the bridge soon. I hope so, mate. Yeah. Fucking pissing Give me off. Give
3: my best wishes to your missus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's she's driven a wedge between me and you, lot. And it's very cruel, but there you go. What can I do? What can I say? It's love, mate. JK. Lovely to see you as always.
1: Lovely to be on the show with wonderful guests. Yeah,
0: as always. And a great fan by, again, I mean, the best... Again, every week, you just raise the bar higher and higher. I don't know how you do it.
1: Watch the games.
0: But you had some brilliant lines in there this week. I mean, I was in stitches reading it, but well done. Uh, boys, great to see you, as it always is. Uh, people in Mixler, you've been brilliant for listening all night. Love reading your comments uh, and stuff. Uh, take care of yourselves this week. Stay safe. Enjoy the football. And uh, thank you for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, and keep it Chels. It's the the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...